Lots for the Get Fresh crew. You review the books, get shaved and dirty looks. Now let wrong time just say poo-poo. Poo-poo. Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm KG Beast, former Pride, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 443. It is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Eric, welcome all you weirdos out there of the Get Fresh crew. And if this is your first time here, or maybe you've been here every show, it sometimes seems that I haven't been. I don't know, Eric. But we are a DC Comics review show that goes through each comic in depth and gives our honest opinions of each. And there's a spoiler alert here. Our scores may differ drastically from yours, but everyone is allowed their own opinion. Ours just happens to be right, Eric, is what I say. The Weird Science okay. DC Comics Podcast is part of the Weird Science family of podcasts that includes manga, Marvel, DC, and indie comics podcasts. Please check out the campsite bio link in the show notes of this or any of the podcasts for a full list of links to get everything Weird Science. That's my official new entry in to let people what they're in for. I did find out today and, and calculated 14 regular Speed podcast that we have on our deal. That's ridiculous. Agreed. People were amazed and said that is nonsense. But one I, of the I, things, I of, if you haven't had enough of that, because we have different varieties, different spices of life here, you then could go over to the Twitters and talk to us at Weird Science DC. We'll follow you if you follow us, but also go to our Patreon to help us out for doing all that work, but also get a lot of shows in return. One of the big shows that we end up doing is our Patreon Spotlight, the Badass Picks of the Week, where the badass levels, the two upper levels of the Patreon, they get to pick two books that we end up featuring on an episode that we end up skewering and reviewing <sighs> those a little bit more, a little in-depth. We have a lot of fun with it. Eric might get a little salty language. You know, you never heard that Just before. like the main podcast. <laughs> exactly. But we end up going through two books this past week. They picked some bangers. DC Comet. Oh, I was going to say DC Comet Spotlight. They yeah. ended up picking Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League, Green Lantern number one. Yeah, catch my breath. And also Deceased War of the Undead Gods number one. And you that's were very breath. concerned that they were going to end up adding that uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths deal. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths Worlds Without a Justice League, Green Lantern number one. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. And yeah, I ended up telling people today on the YouTubes about you saying that, and everybody got a chuckle. They thought that that Eric Shea is one funny guy, they said. Well, but obviously. with that, you end up having these uh, bad asses up to get fresh crew. Uh-uh. We got to uh, give a little shout out, what we call the roll call for them. And for everything that they do and make us do, they get this in return. I don't know how great a tip for cat that is, but hey, here we go. Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Batdad Mitchell, The Annihilator, Ted Probe, I Love Punchline, Stuart, Michael S., Boris Polly, Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Red, Matches Malone, Niels Keyword, David Fink, Joey Barrett-Costco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, that's 242 to you and me. Michael G. Ken Halleck. Comic Boom Rocky that I have an indie podcast with. That's one of the 14, Eric. Cellar Dweller. I hear rumblings of the Cellar Dweller. I don't know. Now there's Mark too many Jager. feeds. Elgin <laughs> Now that's a separate deal. So it could be, Eric. Nick Adams. Ruben. Carlos. Noah Marv. Luke Hollywood. Simon. Luis. 
Scott Manship. That's Scotty Boy Manship there. Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, our man Rob Lewis, Brandon, Brandy Murray up there in Canada, Buffalo, and Double A Ron doxing his ass as I do every week in the Minnesotas, Eric. They like the fried food there. I saw today that there's like a everywhere. thing that people are eating that is called the cheese skirt burger. Have you seen this? Have you seen no? this crazy? No, I have not. It's a weird burger where they end up making the burger and then it seems like they like put cheese and melt it over, but the cheese like rolls over it and then goes on the grill and burns a little. Like some people like that burnt cheese. I know my wife does. It's a weird burger. I'll send you a picture and you will think that it's black mag. You will not like it. They have it at friendlies though. Just like the idea, you're going to think this is black magic where they lay cheese over this, and you know what? With the heat, it gets soft, and then when it wraps around the bottom part, it gets a little bit burnt. No, it black doesn't magic, wrap I tell you. This is the thing. When you look at it from above, all you see is a bun and this huge, giant, round thing of burnt cheese that extends out a lot. You'll see. It's weird. Black magic, there. I don't know if I would like it. It's something that they have at Friendly's, though, and I want to get friendly with that. I do want to try it, but... I'm on a diet, which ends up reminding well, me of should last have to night. Some stairs. Well, last night I end up, we get done, and just a shout out to that on Friday nights. Most of the time we end up doing a Thank Broad, It's Friday, a TGIF show. And last night we ended up doing Naomi season two, number six, the finale, and Nubia Queen of the Amazons, number three. That's on the regular feed. So check that out. Yes. Yeah. Weird that the number three is a penultimate. So we get done. And I am like, yeah, me and you talk afterwards. And then I had to run upstairs. I, I was going to make yeah, well, some dinner walk, and stuff whatever. like that. Well, I might have walked. I might have been briskly walking. So I go and I hit like the third stair from the bottom and it broke. I went through the stairs. And right then I thought, should I tell Eric this? Because I know he's going to say I'm a fatty. But the uh-huh. thing is, you know, for a fact that most people, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you know, on the reg. My basement is flooded a couple times. This is at that and flood yeah, level. The idea, like, you know, this this one step is always underwater because of flood. But yet the first and second step are fine. It's weird. Yeah, they seem real fine. Yeah. I ended up showing Tanya, I thought, because, again, I, I think thought I know what was, the problem is. Tanya was looking at me like, what are you, what's going on, fatty? And I ended up taking, I'm not what I get You should stare. go up to the level 16 on the bike like she does. Maybe we'll fucking yeah, work maybe. some of that off. That's what I should do. She's sweating it up. I'm like, what's going on? This isn't even like exercising. She's beating you in that freaking online scoreboard for the gym. No, I'm beating her. I have a lot more miles. I'm up to almost 90 miles. So take that, Eric. But they might be real four easy, times harder. easy miles, but still. So I end up where I look at it and it is rotted out. The others might be as well. Now I'm really worried. but. Since that happened last night, I've come up and down the stairs a bunch of times to edit and record or whatever. Each time, down and up, I fall through again. I don't remember that. this. Even when I go oh, and I walk down right. and You're I an fall idiot. right through. And when I fall through going down, I end up hitting my shin as I'm falling and then just Face plant. I feel like you're doing some kind of weird, like, you know, underhanded shit to yourself that you don't even know about. Like, you're going to try to sue yourself getting injured. Well, it's very dark over there. Maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm like, your homeowner's insurance is really going to get it. I'll end up like William Defoe as the Green Goblin. I'm just yelling at myself. I end up when I go up, though, that's where I really hurt myself because I go and I don't fall. I just go straight. But I end up falling kind of down. But I end up, I, I hurt my hip. I also hurt my neck. <laughs> I'm a and my shoes fell off. Oh, and my shoes fell off. Well, I have the Crocs on. I have the dot shoes do. down here. 
Tanya, Tanya today, she ends up, well, I ended up spilling uh, water wreck. all You're over. Just a mess. I spilled water all over because we have an old, remember I said we had our old coffee maker. I got that new one, but got two somehow. Well, the old one, I somehow. realized I never really emptied. So I ended up knocking it over. It's just sitting on the floor and water's going all over and she starts cleaning it up. And I'm like, why do you clean up water? Like it's cleaning itself. And she starts cleaning Look, up. Says so, the guy who doesn't clean up anything ever. <laughs> Well, that's why. So I go out, I take off my, my Crocs, right? I was going to sit at the table, but then I need it. I think I was going to get some cream or something. So I went out, <laughs> slips fell right on my ass, right? And I'm sitting there in this water then. She's yelling at me. And then no, she starts yelling. Problem. Well, she starts yelling at me. Why aren't you wearing your Crocs? Your feet are filthy. You're going to get the floor dirty. I'm like, those Crocs are filthy too. Why, why is it that the Crocs are cleaner than my feet? Because oh the crocs goodness. don't freaking, because you're dirty. I don't know what you, know, you want here. I mean, I'm down in this basement. This basement's a wreck. Huh? But we have no, a no, bunch the of. The basement's books. not the wreck. You're we, a have wreck. What I, we have what I like to call a minus one. The, this week, it is that we have, uh, you know, not a plethora. We have five books. We end up having the ultra famous Clunrad section. Even as we're going, I end up where when we have the Clunrad section later, I, I have this glimmer of hope that they're almost done with the Wonder Woman book. It feels like maybe this next little arc or whatever might be the end. I was hoping maybe this was. There was a surprise announcement, but we'll end with that. We also end up having Batgirls and some stuff. This is a weird one. You read one. the this solicits is... every time it comes yeah, out. Yeah, I know. Well, no. Sometimes, though, it's like all of a sudden out of nowhere. Hey, by the way, don't worry about those. <laughs> it's the vigilante deal. I don't know. Afterwards, I thought, boy, I, I, I almost have had enough with the clone rats, but they were bragging about going off to Valiant, but unfortunately, Valiant seems like they may be going under, so that may not happen as well. But we have other books. We end up having Harley in space. We got the John Kent. We got the Iron Batman. And yeah, when we go to this first section of books, it's going to be weird because it's books we usually don't have in the first section. This is a weird week of books. Yeah, I ended up talking to some people. Well, a lot of people were talking and like the this. The Batman they Superman say, section. Well, it is, but it's not. It's the alter versions of And you're them. part of uh, the problem. A lot of people, yes, maybe I am. Maybe I'm the whole problem. A lot of people I was talking to, I said, hey, what do you think about this week's comics? And a lot of people thought they were down overall, but we'll see what oh, we're going to end up finding week. out. It is. And in that, it's funny because I forget who I was talking to. It might have been Andrew in Belfast. I even mentioned to him that though it's a down week, it, it does kind of show that recently we've had some pretty banger weeks. We've had like, you know, three out of four that were really good. So hopefully things are picking up. I'm just preparing people for the misery that's going to come later, even though I don't think I hate any of these books. I just shook my head Give at some time. of them. So, yeah, I mean, no. Give it to when we start talking and the words are coming out of my on. mouth. When, when, right, when, right when you end up having Jace Fox yell, take that woman's name out of your mouth, then I might start getting a little bit miserable. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But with all of that, we're going to go off right now to the beginning of the meat and cheese of the podcast, The Bull. Cause the silence gonna stick it in the magistrate city. I 
All right, and we're back with the books, Eric. As I said, what? What happened? Last night, I was actually listening to some songs, and it was just randomly uh, going through little shuffles, right? Wait, wait, wait. when you say you're listening to the songs, were you actually listening to music or were you listening to yourself sing songs <laughs> no, because you're no, a freaking maniac? It, no, it was actually music. I should have said that through. <laughs> I was just uh, listening to myself. It would be awesome on so the microphone. I'm like, man, listen to this, sweetie pie. I'm talking to myself. No, I was listening to – actually, I was listening to some old-time radio. But then on the I was U- narrating on the YouTube. Actually, it was Guy Kid. It was me as well. But on the <laughs> YouTube uh, music field, yeah. the app deal that I have, then it, it, at the end, if you have it set, which I do, it ends up randomly just throwing songs when you run out of the things that you're actually listening to. And the first thing that popped up was the lunatics are taking over the asylum. And it got me sad. Uh, now, with that, Eric, I will hey, mention. Hey, tell me you want Arkham Tower back? Is well, then I ended up having that because then I'm like, well, I'll save that lunatic steal. It's a little longer. <laughs> but what the problem is and what you'll really laugh at, there is the possibility at points that those songs of mine will pop up. I do have them as a playlist in my, it's a weird deal, but they, they, yeah, of course I do. I ended up having them because I work out to every well, day guy. No, actually I said, and I did end up, I think I tweeted it out or told people in the Slack, the thing to really work out with, I've realized is eighties hair metal gets you fired up, Eric. It really does. But sure I ended does. up having a playlist of those songs because it, you know, me being a perfectionist, as you uh-huh. know, Eric, yeah, I end up when I record them, life. I like to think, and I, I, I'm telling you, this is kind of not pretentious, but it's kind of funny where you will see like there's a big band like Oasis, uh, you know, hey, and I did see them say this at one point. They like to listen to the playback in the studio, but they really like to drive around in the car. And listen to it where everybody with the so windows when I get, down so everybody can hear them exactly, listening to their own music. Listen to me. I know I end up when I'm done, I do usually run upstairs because if my tablet's up, whatever, but I listen to it on the tablet then to hear how hey, it kids, might sound it's in the your mix. Dad, Jim Warner, and like, listen you to like this? this. Listen to this song. You've been listening for that new sound. Your cousin no. Marvin, no, Marvin they hate. Barry. Uh, Anytime I end up doing any songs, even here in the basement, they they hate it. They can't stand it. They're embarrassed. Oh, my goodness gracious. But Magistrate City, we have a little bit of a magistrate kind of thing well, going thing on is, in these books. It, it right? is a stretch, but it is a stretch that is actually tangible enough to grab a hold of the mind. Yes. mind. You yes. got to reach out and grab it for the magistrate tie into what we're dealing with I Am Batman. Like, so what it works out That's mind. why I did it. And I again, I was going to put the lunatic steel and I'm like, no. Or maybe that's even that's... a concept with the Fox family and how they dealt with the magistrate coming into with Harley Quinn as well. Yeah, and maybe, can we say later, it even carries over to no. say the Batgirls book <laughs> because of the whole the deal. Saints- yeah, the Saints yeah, the Saints are done, I know they are. Boy, it's only preseason. You're saying those New Orleans fans are done. Eric. Are there we? you go. I ended up where I forgot last night that the Eagles' first preseason game was on. Uh, that's how disconnected I am with all the stuff that we end up doing. But I, I actually did get to watch it. I was very excited. And remember, I was saying to you, well, what do you got to go to the bar? You watch the wrestling. No. Little did I know that there was something that I had been waiting for months to watch going I on. But I, got, I got to watch it. Did you watch the Jigsaw? Yeah. Right now, uh, Just as we're recording. Somehow. And I'm like, I don't like really? this movie. But you know what? I'll put it on and see if I can enjoy it a little bit more. And somehow, even though I... I I really think it's a falling off point for the series. I did like it a little bit more. Okay. Well, that's good. You're, you're actually, it's funny when people talk about you and movies, 
they often say, Eric, down at the rec center, that you are a little more positive or at least more forgiving on movies. And I would say that probably because some I like of them, a lot of crappy movies. Well, you like crappy movies. The problem is you still have the continuity problems when it's an extended series. Oh but God, a lot yeah. of times a one shot story or whatever, you're very lenient on things. I said, I will always go. If you tell me a comic is good, I will go. And read that because, you know, you, Did you're you usually a skewer from the fourth dimension yet. Uh, no, I don't. I don't don't have a way to get it. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll try to you get can it. Wink, find wink. it anywhere. Wink, wink. Eric. No, but also when you tell me a one TV, shot. it's weird when you tell me a TV show is good. That means something to me as well. Like, oh, my God. Like that. Somehow oh, movies, right. I'm like, watch it, but cool. <laughs> tell you, somehow movies, I'm like, eh, no, I don't trust that guy. Me and you don't have the same. We used to, but not the same sensibilities of mo- modern movies, stuff like that. I think you're a little too forgiving and I don't like anything. It is true. Anything past like 94, maybe actually 91 is problems. When I went off to college and became that a serious sucks, fellow, right? Yeah, when I went to be a, a serious fellow, I didn't see many movies. I In college, I saw for Well, I saw some bangers. Forrest Gump, I saw Pulp Fiction, and I think Outbreak were the three movies I saw acting when I was in college. I had more important things to do, Eric, like being a did. band and stuff, right? Yeah, I, I studied a lot. And I studied, yeah. but here we are, That's and this is working out for you. This is, it's not really working out very much, and I do mean my deodorant. <laughs> it's oh, not working out well. I'm actually sadder about that. I now. need a replenishing of that, and yeah, I was going to say, if anybody, if I start screaming and yelling, and you hear like a a wave of water or whatever. One of our pipes down here in the basement did burst, but it seems to be the exit did. pipe. It's the yeah. exit pipe. So it's just sewage. So that's now fine. it's an entrance pipe, just like you. Yeah. So Tanya comes down. There is a sewage pipe of our deal that is broken, and there's some stuff coming out. Yet I she like to still, think it was under the third stair. How could it, it get broken? Been. I don't know. I, I'm telling you, I said that might have been it, but this is an old house. But I, I mean, she's like. Man, you got to, you know, take a shower or change that shirt. I'm like, really? We're in a basement with raw sewage coming out of a pipe, and you're telling me that it's me who stinks? Honestly, the thing is, just do better. She was right. I went, I went to the gym earlier today, and I really noticed I was stinking a little, and I should have changed my shirt, but I've been too busy. Been too haven't. busy to do that. Yes, I have. <laughs> should I just? It'd be funny like that, that I would think it's funny, but I still wouldn't even do it. Take my shirt off right now while we record. I'm not that I'm I'm not that impressed with my body for the listeners. Eric, they'd be able to tell. I just don't know what you're thinking. Like the idea of you taking your shirt off for the rest of the podcast. Somebody's going to see it. No one's going to see. You won't even look at it because you're doing stuff. Somebody will still laugh. (laughs) You'll hear me rub something. or I don't know why. (laughs) I don't have like a girdle on or anything. I can hear his arm sticking to his titty. (laughs) This is the meat and cheese of the podcast. So when we get into these books and I, I said a little bit of a weird section, but it is more of a. You know, a fear, a fear state, a future state type deal. We end up having, you know, Batman, Jace Fox. We end up having Superman, John Ken. Then we have Harley Quinn, which I don't know. Yeah, I don't you know, recognize her that well. And Lashina's there. But you end up with all of this. If you want to read reviews of these books, go over to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and check out the written reviews of them. But hey, let's get into this, Eric. Let's go. You, you ready? You, you geared up, are you? Yeah. What are we starting with? Superman, Zedekal, number 14, written by Tom Taylor with Art by Cien Torme, Federico, uh, Federico Bui, and Dave Sharp. And in this issue, we're coming, we're coming to the end of The Rising, even though I'm not positive The Rising ever started, but we're coming to the end of it because Lois Lane is out there on TV spreading the truth about who Henry Benix is, how he's taking control of senators, U.S. senators, and how he's been kidnapping kids across the globe and turning them into post-human puppets. 
the word is out there. And now the president's going on the line being like, hey, what's going on over here? <laughs> what's this, why am I the last one to hear about all this? <laughs> but Gamora's on lockdown. And even the idea where we're going to put the thing that's called Skywatch on alert that goes back to the Wildstorm stuff, which I'm not a huge like, you know, I'm not into the whole Wildstorm universe stuff. Like Henry Bendix is a part of that. The whole idea of the post-human instead of metahuman, that's a part of it. Tom Taylor is mixing a lot of the Wildstorm stuff with the DC stuff for his John Kent series here. And Skywatch is almost like, it's kind of like, the, I think, a pre-Storm watch, if I'm understanding mm-hmm. correctly, and how you'd have a base, like, you know, watching the sky and stuff like that for a pseudo, like, um, a defense program. I want to think that's how it works. But the thing is, I'm not a huge, like, you know, Wildstorm no, fan, so I don't know a ton about it. But the idea that you're bringing this in, too. So you have a giant bubble that goes around the island nation of Gamora. So you have a force field. You have Skywatch, a big old a base in space that's going to be watching it. And then you have John Kent, who's going to have to pierce this you know, nation and take Henry Bendix down. And like, will he be able to do it, Jim? Yeah, I, well, how do I know? Eric, we're going to have to wait and see. But when you get this, it's funny because if I'm not mistaken, when you first ended up having Jay Nakamura, when you still thought he was being evil, I still Eric, think he's the guy. idea when he was up the truth and had the chameleon mask, he was Gossamer. I, I remember that name yes. a bit. But you end up having on this cover where people are going to be like, what like and now gossamer never mentioned and it really that the big red monster from woody tunes it's so odd to have that there in this way and the big thing is you should have had on if you really want to do it here it would be john popping the question because tom taylor has some fun with this with the ring and things like that that you know almost trying to poke some people maybe but yeah give a smile ring i'm marrying that boy Yeah, damn right. I'm flying right to them. But you end up, though, it's a nice issue. And this is the problem and the benefit of this book. It's kind of you get issues like this that are nice. We have this with Tom Taylor's Nightwing. Yeah, I'm putting aside the politics or whatever the other things involved with it. I'm just saying the writing when you're done. You sit there and go, well, that was nice. There's some nice moments. I got a chuckle here. I had a smile there. Zebra man's ass. Yeah. And even then, like that just made me chuckle. We'll get to that. But by the end. That's all you really ever get. Yes, the cliffhanger is pretty cool. The idea... That's pretty cool, Jim. You're a maniac. Well, I'm saying a pretty cool development (laughs) of the story, right? But in the the actual thing, I was going to message you, but when I do message you what I'm supposed to be reading, you get very irritated with me. So I didn't. But I ended up... Just read the books. You can tell me about it on the podcast. What I wanted to do, though, I sent you the outline, and I thought, well, he probably knows now I'm hitting the right reading okay two minutes later i was done i just wanted to say yeah i'm done that first book maybe we'll do it early or whatever it really it shouldn't shock me because we say this about tom taylor books all the time that they're just really quick reads you get like you get a story but it's more of a story of just dialogue and little quippy things and little personal moments but overall what happens here is gather the team Go and end up trying to take just getting into Bendix's deal and into Gamora, and then you end up Jay finding his mom. That that's it. There's not much that happens, but by the end, it's nice enough. I like seeing the revolutionaries, but we're still not getting. It, it almost feels like okay, he's giving us these characters, and by the revolutionaries, he means the this revolutionary characters from the previous Tom Taylor Suicide Squad. Yeah, and I always assume, and it's deal. funny because they were a big deal in that. De- and I always forget. I have a disconnect. Me and you like that Suicide Squad story, but again, remember it kind of got a little wonky. The story didn't end up progressing well. But 
I always think that people would know, but that didn't sell well. So I don't know. But the people who did like the, you know, you know obviously the they like these. from that book. Characters like the Deadly Six, Finn, Wink, the Airy Zebra Man, who became a part of the Revolutionaries, but wasn't to begin with. But Thylazine and the TNT, Osita, Chaos Kitten, and Jog. And if you don't know, Jog is the son of the Black Racer somehow. That is true somehow. And I like when you get the Sea Suicide Squad bad blood. Paul says that. The editor, oh, I'm thinking... Paul. If you think that you're going to go and get anything about TNT and thylacine, <laughs> you're not. You're not going to get anything but Wink and the Airy. Those, those were the breakout TNT ones. At the end when her brother, like her brother died and then this new TNT. All of a sudden, Jog's dead. He's resurrected because his daddy's the Black Racer. Well, how's that then, Tom Taylor? Oh, not enough issues to talk about that. Let's move on. I love that, that he ended up so throwing angry. that in almost with a wink, wink of, well, I would have told you, but and, I got canceled. Yeah, yeah. And then Chaos Kitten, who I wanted to get more of, really didn't get much. You, you get So if you do like these characters and think, oh, man, I got to go read that story, I, I would suggest reading it anyway. But well, you're not going to get idea, much of them. It's actually one of my biggest problems with this book, because when you have the revolutionaries show up here to freaking back up John Ken and you know Jay Nakamura on their siege of you know Gamora and stuff like that, you make sense because you've had a lot of these characters in the background you know, be a part of the truth. And when you have them all come together, like, OK, we're going to take this guy down. It upset me that it really did seem like because of what we're dealing with in this book, we had to take that series continuity and try to force it in this one. Because in the previous one, you had the Airy, who was the uh, the ch- yeah, who was the child of the president of Badnesia, mm-hmm. and then they were they were taken and like you know experiment on. But it turns out, even though that was another country, we see the idea that you know Gamora is going around there and kidnapping kids everywhere. But the the child of a president of a nation is kidnapped and then experiment on. So all these things somehow all ties back to Harry uh, Harry freaking uh of Henry Bendix Henry. and he's the one who did it to all the revolutionaries and it never felt like that was the idea of boards like even TNT's like we were taken me wink the airy we were used changed I remember when they made my wings grow I remember what broke inside of me and I'm like I don't remember it being Henry Bendix that did that no and that's the problem I think that what happened is because so few people read that Suicide Squad run and people did like the whole you know, team of the revolutionaries going into this, I think some of the story morphed to get this story. I mean, you said it right away. You said this Jay Nakamura story is very, very similar. It's the same story as the Airy. It's just kind of morphed. And this is a bigger book. This is more important. My mom is the president of an island nation. I mean, they should be best friends. My mom's the president of an island nation. Actually, I don't know if Bad News is an island, but it's a nation. We were both taken against our will and experimented on, and now we're post-humans. High five. It feels like the Suicide Squad story was the kind of the test run. And then you go to this and kind of recycle it a little to the point where it is kind of, you know, yeah, really? You did that? Originally, John should be shacking up with the Airy and not Jay Nakamura. Well, Airy and the Wink are together, so I'm not going to get Ooh, them apart. Triangle. But it is a love triangle. Now we got a manga going on, Eric. Well, good, because Damien's here and he loves that stuff. You have the revolutionaries. They are, I mean, legitimately, some people had some problems because when John found out about Jay hanging out with the revolutionaries, the revolutionaries are terrorists. They have killed people. And they ended up having this idea of, oh, you're there with the killers. You're there. And John was like, okay, I understand and go. And people did have problems that didn't read the Suicide Squad book. They didn't realize this was already set up. But when you get this, you end up having this deal. We're going to go to Gamora. We're going to take them down. And it seems like Tom Taylor had to come up with some conflict. So it's Osita who basically yells. I mean, this is like yelling and screaming back and forth to each other about, we're going to kill him. No, no, you can't kill him. We're going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. We're going to try. <laughs> okay, I won't. I'll do my best. It, it, like the, the whole deal, it ramps, 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 and then just ends. 
and it felt really odd. I thought well, that you maybe have to have see it a freaking you know like just be the leader of the revolutionaries to talk about what we saw previous re- revolutionaries, but ultimately you're coming against Superman, who is the hero of the book and the son of you know the Man of Steel. So you have the the essence of good right here. So even the idea is like all right, like you know, and Osita comes down, we will do our best, and John's comes down, like that's all I ask. Okay, let's go. <laughs> So a scene at the end still could kill somebody. I did my best, but some people got killed. Hey, my best just wasn't good enough. You start for you, Superman. (laughs) But what I thought what might have been a better play, especially for people, if you're writing this for fans of the revolutionaries from the Suicide Squad deal, I would have liked to have got a couple of the other characters involved so that even newer readers that just have them here We'll get a little of the personalities a little. We know Osita is like really, you know, gung-ho. I'm just waiting for Zebraman to be the breakout character he deserves and to be. Zebraman's there and he's like, well, it, does he think that his ass is like the, the moneymaker here? And Everybody's looking is. the one way. He, he's looking he the other. It, but he should. <laughs> he, he should. I don't know. He's got a flat ass like you. I, I just <sighs> love the idea that they're just posing there. So, what is Zebraman doing? What is he looking well, there's a, at? There's a meme, oh, not a, like, there's a meme that's out here for a Jeff lately that came out with the idea where there's a gorilla that comes out of the gorilla pen and like just charges and slides across the floor to, at the uh, the window for people who are watching. Then at the last second, as he gets there, he stops right at the glass and then he turns around and shows his ass to people. And that's what it really looks like. He, like Zebraman is doing. He is that gorilla. I ended up seeing a TikTok video where there's this little cat that goes and attacks like wild animals. I'm like, that is a kick-ass cat. But you end up where Imagine I would have people. Man, I would have liked like Chaos Kitten to get involved or maybe like somebody else to step up. One of them, just so people, yeah, just so people could get the idea of how this team works. Even if they're like, listen, Osita, we always defer to you, but this is different. This is Superman. Have something like that to give it a little more of a updated flavor, not just Osita. She's the leader. Oh, and the leader has to have problems. Listen, we do things our way. And and it ends up where... Until Superman asks us to do our best, then we do our best. You know in this book that that's what's going to happen anyway. And I I did even see Tom Taylor recently kind of reiterated this concept of this book, but more than Nightwing. But really it is the idea that every issue has to have John or Dick Grayson come out on top and be great guys. And he does do that. So you kind of get that formula. Yeah, they're going to go with them. They're not going to end up being jerks or whatever. They'll try their best. If they kill, that's not, you know, like you said. In this, though, you have Jay there and he's just kind of being silent. I wish he, I wish everybody got more involved in all this is then, okay, here's what we have. I just did some, you know, reconnaissance. And well, there's a kick ass plan. Yeah, there is this crazy, you know, thing around it. I don't understand it. I might be able to punch it. I might not. What not? But with all this, then when we get there, there's a kryptonite gas guy in there. I mean, shit's gonna get real. And they and go. Did we do that before the kryptonite gas guy? Because all- that was from the dream. That's all it was. Remember, it was like a Joker gas mixed with kryptonite. That was the play of it tricking John a week from now. Oh, and he did it in space. Yeah, yeah. So with this, though, I'd laugh that he's like, there's this kryptonite gas guy. And they're like, no, they're going to make him three days from now. That's the last thing. But he, he says this. And then you have, I think it is Wink, say, how do you know this? How how do you know that there's dream this inside? You haven't been, I had a dream. I saw it in a dream. And they're like, all right, we're out of here. I want to see it really then. It, like, it nah, really okay, is dream an boy. group that's going to go siege Gamora because when you have the revolutionaries, you have J- uh, Damian Wayne Robin right here. You have Jay Nakamura, super like John Ken Superman and Dreamer, like the ancestor of Dream Girl from the Legion of Superheroes. I'm like, 
this is an interesting group of characters that are going to go take this tree, this siege. But like we have everybody just taking their time and going on a submarine while John goes and flies Jay to the Fortress of Solitude because if we're going to enact this plan, I need my boyfriend to be suited up because I have a suit from the future here. Here's a Legion flight ring. Gossamer is going to go and kick some, it's a terrible name, but Gossamer is going to go kick some ass. That's awful. And the idea like, are you giving me a ring, John? Oh my, no. It's this, fun. It, you get a it's, smile, it's a, right? It really is. It's a lot of fun for this thing, but especially when you take, you know, uh, Jay Nakamura and you fly him to Gamora there and you actually see how the plan's going to work because if you don't remember, Jay Nakamura is a post-human who has the ability to face through things. So when John just drops him right there, like in his new superhero costume and he has a flight ring, he drops down, phases through the freaking, you know, force shield. And all of a sudden, when he gets to a certain point, he just starts flying into the Henry Bendix building and goes in there because he has to shut down the freaking the, the uh, shield generator. Like It's almost like in Star Wars where Obi-Wan has to shut down the shield generator. But for every, instead of everybody leaving, this is so everybody can get in and start the siege with John and the re- revolutionaries. Or, Eric, it's the Return of the Jedi when they're on the moon and have to take down the shield. No, I don't but even because they made Han Solo a chump. In even that then, one. before that, there's some funny things. And this is where I think when Tom Taylor, when he does end up not hitting me as, as good as he should, they end up where this plan's going and John's telling him. And then he says, I had a dream. And then they're like, what? This holds about a dream? And then Dreamer goes, no, actually, I dreamed it. I, I'd be like, and who the fuck are you? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, I don't know that they know dreamer or that means something but then damien comes in and again a very fun scene it doesn't do much it ends up being kind of a fan service deal but the idea that damien has snuck he's in the rafters of a submarine and they end up going like how'd you sneak in this is a submarine he does it and that's fun That, that is and he comes down and then He's really loud. I think he's like, <clears throat> this is my best friend. He's looking at Jay. <laughs> my best friend here. But it's nice. And you end up having Damien there. Hey, anything that Superman says we go with, this is how we play it. I'll pretend I'm the Batman right now. Let's go. And then you end up having John grab Jay and they fly off, like you said, to the fortress. But when they end up going and the plan hits in, it's just very quick. There really isn't any snafus until the very end. And the snafu is, oh, my God, my mom is a mutey uh, because he just goes in. and human, Jim. They done experiment on her. And I do, her I do think this feels like this is where I'll give Tom Taylor some credit here. It does feel a little rushed from what we had. You wanted more of the rising. Did they ever rise? I don't know. You know, Henry Bendix has been going around and kidnapping kids to create a superhuman army of post-humans to, for the, to sell to the highest bidder for nations across the world because we don't we, we don't want to depend on superheroes. But also, I'm going to make sure that I have a mind-controlled ship inside them where I can puppeteer them as soon as I want and then take over the entire world. And you know what? Lex Luthor's involved me. Well, how's he involved you? I needed a teleportation. Well, does he do more? We're not going to talk about Lex right now. We The rising is coming. Well, what's the rising? We might get to that point, but don't worry. And then at the end, it's like Superman's going to stop before the ride, but we still have an army of post-humans here on the island to go up against him. And just for this coup de gras, he turned Jay Nakamura's mother, the former president, into a post-human that he then controls. I'm like, what is the rising? Yeah, and and I'll give you the deal. When you're doing this, th- one of my biggest complaints of Tom Taylor is the idea that he meanders a bit. He likes the personal moments. He likes these little, Door, you know, core. little deal going. So... If you did read, and if you didn't, I'm sorry, and maybe if you go and do it, you'll see. But that Suicide Squad book, the biggest complaint was when the last issue came out, you wasted too much time. We didn't get a lot. Even the idea that Ted Cord is the black mask is this and this whole group. Well, half the reason was like that tied into a weird one shot with the black mask, and that also changed his powers, and this then changed his powers, and we see it again. 
And I'm not saying that everything Tom Taylor does gets canceled, but he has a lot of series that don't last that long, but yet he still hasn't figured out the idea that I got to come in. I got to hit hard with the story. Yeah. Mix in these personal moments and the little fan service. You need to tell because at this moment, not that this book is canceled, but it does feel like maybe they said, well, we're going to get Cal back for a bit. You got to end this a little sooner than Clark. you thought. And then he's not left with and he's <sighs> left with not that much of a story that's been established of your big bed. We've- well, the one part I'm telling you, the next issue is the finale to this story. And I'm like, well, did it ever really start? Yeah. And it's that's what's you up know, with Luthor? You, you got to go. We don't know. And, and the rising you're not really getting a hard-hitting deal, but in this, the way I think that it's also, you know, kind of pushed ahead, but it it fits the book where you end up having Jay go and there's all these scientists and like, listen here, oh, Mr. Really like scientist, and you end up having all these people. It does push it forward quicker than maybe it should, but he ends up saying, listen, I'm here. I'm here for Gamora. I want to free Gamora. Now, they can't know who he is, so I don't know. I think it's a trick. I think Bendis, Bendix has set me well, up. When but he, he says, goes into this building, he needs to shut down the shield generator. And like like uh, Superman's like, there's too many people in there. You're not going to be able to do it. He's like, look, we're going to free Gamora, but we need the shield down. This is our one chance to be free of Bendix. I'm asking you to choose between our dictator and our country. And all the scientists kind of side-eye each other, look at each other. Then all of a sudden, the one like woman just looks and turns off the shield. Destroy like, Bendix. Destroy Bendix. Thank you. I wish, yeah. And I wish, you know, maybe we saw more of the things, but it is, you know, we pretty don't like bad. Them either. Like, I, we don't like people being turned into muties. Yeah, Last week, yeah, I was working I mean, at a drugstore. Now I'm a scientist who yeah, turns people against their will into post human monsters. <laughs> I, I just don't want made this an life either. octopus man uh, that shits out fruit salad. I don't like it. Uh, but yeah, that ends up being quick, but a nice moment. It is a nice moment and ends up going. I still think that you're there, like, Oh, I think Jay's up to something. No, no, I, I still don't trust him because bad. the thing is, he's going to get everything he wants. He's using Superman to, to the, all the degree that he can. And once Superman, like, after all this is said and done, he either goes away and does Gamora stuff. They have long distance relationships. Dies. But it really does feel like as soon as John does, is not willing to do what Jay wants, he will turn on him instantly. But that's not the for here and now right now. But when we have Jay like turn off the shield generator and then you have Superman actually just pick up the submarine out of the water to take them to the center of the battle with the revolution. I'm like, this is the battle that I want to see. I just wish I understood why the battle is happening more than just Bendix is a bad dude. Like the idea of everything we've worked up to, it just feels like we should have had more. Even like before, there didn't seem like there was many ramifications to Superman coming to this island nation when he was pissed off previously and that got shot with that solar energy that made his powers go longer. Superman invaded a foreign country and attacked a freaking, you know, a dictator, but a ruler. But like, it didn't seem like there's any real ramifications to that. And now we're just doing a full on assault. And that's what I was going to say. First off, you know, R.I.P. Eggman. Wink ends up right in the back of whatever that is. Eggman, something like that. that that, You you have to look at it. I don't either. It's crazy. It actually looks like a Dollatron version of an Eggman type of deal. But with that, we've had it over and over again. Tony Stark's lesser armors. Yeah, really. This is actually like legit. You see Robin and you see a Superman attacking a country. That that might be the play. And then you have Osita yell out in front of all these revolutionaries attack. Yeah, and, and actually, I was, I'm glad you said that. Not only attacking a country, I mean, the revolutionaries are a known terrorist organization. Yeah. They're not looked at as, oh, you know, they kind of, you know, freedom fighters. Is You're that not why we doing need Clark that, right? to come back from Warworld for a small bit so we can tell the world my son is not a terrorist, that's, leave him that's alone? That's the weird play. I mean, if you went with the idea that John may have to go to the shadows a little bit and kind of, you know, 
But I do think, and people were talking about when I was talking today with some people about the idea of what are you going to do when Superman's back on Earth? Now, he comes back for this and then he's going to die anyway. But after Dark Crisis, I do think that you could still end up continuing, John, in this sort of, you know, I do the things that my dad wouldn't do. I'm going to go and stop. You ain't the boss of me, Dad. People may I'm end Superman. up like, you know, shaking their head, but the whole deal of like climate change and the maybe there is something to that, and some people might like it. But what I would rather have then, you'd have a choice: have Superman be on Earth, Cal El, as I, I mean, and then the Action Comics book. You can maybe read that if you don't like this. I like the choices maybe of it. Clark and right just now, hang out and go do some, spend some time with Lois for a change, and and do something. You could have. I mean, the idea that people are saying we can't have the two books. I mean, you can. You just have to work some things and then cross over sometimes. But this, I I like this issue. It ends with a crazy thing when you do have. Oh my God! Come you got to go to Jay. You got to go and get <laughs> what? What is he in trouble? Is he? Oh, no, no, no. you got to go see this shit. Mommy's home. And yeah, mommy's home. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, she's, she's horrific. She's horrific there. Look ah. at her. But yeah, this is this makes it more personal. Now, in this that, time, it's personal. Bendix. I'll ask you, and I know you're just going to say, well, Damien's killed. But I did previously. Why you have this set up really out of no- it's not out of nowhere, but a seat of like, we're going to kill. No, you're not. Yes, we are. No, you're not. OK, we'll do our best. What happens when Jay sees that his mom's been turned into this monstrosity and ends up killing you, people in front of John? The thing is, do you mean killing people or killing Bendix? Oh, I mean Bendix. Okay, so there you go. So th- there's a little rift right there where John's like, I can't have you kill him. And then obviously Jay's upset because his mother's a goddamn monster. And then all of a sudden, if you're not with me, you're against me. And all of a sudden, Jay Nakamura is a bad guy who's trying to kill Superman. I think that there might actually just be the, you know, I killed Bendix and now, oh, God, I got to go and disappear for a while. And maybe that's how you get him out you of the deal. But from Superman, but then Superman's harboring a known fugitive. There you go. There's some th- there's stories to be had with that. It's not the but thousand stories, stories that Bendis said the, the identity reveal. But still, you know, you end up where I do think that that was a setup of somebody killing. And it, it just makes sense that Jay and goes Superman's, nuts. And then John's dad comes home and says, you got to do the right thing, son. And then yeah. freaking, you know, John has to. To turn in his boyfriend. He's there for him, right? You betrayed me. <laughs> you just uh, and then gets thrown in a cell with his awful mother there. Yeah, Eric. His now we're didn't talking. Do anything wrong. She's a monster. Also, he gave Jay a flight ring. He's now giving him a quit. Oh my god, that suit. Oh my. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see I'm how it you, plays he out. He becomes Anakin at the end of Revenge of the Sith with how he feels about Obi Wan. You to have jo- the John. high ground, Jay. <laughs> and he's like, "No, it's your fault." No, no. I we may get that. Uh, he does here. He phases Eric. I don't know. But you end up with all of that going on. It, it's a good cliffhanger. And the issue itself is it's good enough. It's just I, I end up you it's a Tom see, Taylor decent. You end up seeing. Yeah, really. A Tom Taylor decent 7.5 maybe. But you end up yeah. in. Yeah, mine's a seven. But you end up where you realize the stuff that you didn't get. That seems to be very much so of a time. Like y- you move forward and realize you left some things behind on almost all these stories, whether it's, you know, characters themselves or things. Yeah, exactly. Well, That's Zuko. what I was thinking about. All that and eventually. But he'll get back to them. But sometimes these Maybe. series don't last. But this seems like it will. I don't know. But we already said we gave it a seven. But that's your score, a seven out of ten. I think the art's great. And the thing is, I really think the plan's really solid. I think the group of characters we have are very interesting. And the way they implement the plan is actually really cool and like yeah. action packed. It's just some of the like this, the stuff with the revolutionaries just being here. We kind of just gloss over them, kind of make it force it in my mind to fit the Bendix mold. 
but even the idea of like Bendix, like, you know, activate Skywatch, tying in more Wildstorm stuff, but it's still like, you know, I have to look that up then to see how it's tied in because I'm like, oh, that's got to be a Wildstorm thing. And like, we haven't seen it yet. So it just feels like a thing to tie in more Wildstorm stuff, which I don't know, but they're yet going to, they're not going to really explain it either, which is very disappointing. I think that that's just an Easter egg for people to hear that. And maybe. It's just like like post-human and Bendix seem like that, too. And I'm like, what the hell is a post-human? And, and you have that. One of my biggest problems with this, and I, it might have elevated my score. Maybe it wouldn't have. But you end up having the revolutionaries. Nobody really, not, I can't say nobody, but a lot of people don't know them. And I've actually, it surprised me. So why not make your Ocean's Eleven plan that you have, you know, a bunch of panels where each of them does their ability to actually play out the plan? And then people would be like, oh, I get it. Aerie does this. Wink does that. Thylacine does that. The Deadly Six does that. We don't got enough issues for that. There's a lot of characters. No, you, all you have is a spread page and each one has the panel. Okay, everybody do their thing. And you play out that, you know, like I said, Ocean's Eleven. Wink yeah, does Chaos this. Kid's and then power. that. We don't know. I, to <laughs> steal my heart, I guess, Eric, because I love her. Why can't Deadly Six use all seven Deadly Sins? Only six of them. Exactly. And But that would be cool. Even the Deadly Six is really like walks up to the guards, ends up, oh my God, you know, all this stuff going. But at least shows their abilities you know and their why? powers. Force field. Nobody expects a full an island force field. I guess. I just wish that you could have just played that. I, like I said, it only takes a page to have, you know, have a 12 panel deal. It'd just be them doing their little powers. But at least you get people to say, oh, man, the TNT does that. Holy shit. I got to check Zebra this Man's out. Zebra Man's some magnet stuff. Now, oh, my God. Zebra Man, you see him in the back. But all you get is pretty much, hey, but we flexing. showed up and we're going to start, you know, punching the crap out of guards. That's all you really get. Hey there, Eggman. Boom, right in the back. Oh, my God. But, Should have been Eggfu. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at them, and yeah, you have Zebra Man in the way back there with a force shield, but you don't really get their powers, and I thought that that was a bit of a shame for the people who may not know, because they are cool characters, but they never really were developed that well. But uh, I'm going to go seven. So like you said, the art has never been a problem with this book. The no, art seems for me. Yeah, it's really, and really Federico good. Blade do great on the art. Yep, and it fits. It's always a colorful book. You always have that stuff going down. But we're going to move to the next book, which is what, Eric? I Am Batman, number 12, written by John Ridley with art by Christian Doucet, Rex Locus, and Troy Pateri. And if you forget from last issue, we have Renee Montoya and the Big Apple, and she's questioning it up and looking for Jace Fox's help to find out who really killed Anarchy, as if anybody reading this book or any Batman book actually even cares no it's weird I, I just want to know who the big anarchy guy out there's like we need justice for anarchy we gotta find out who killed him well somebody called john ridley he thought it was you eric and now he's all disappointed and so when you get this you end up having a question renee montoya really book Lottie coming Bacham. up in october there's a gcpd renee montoya book and it's going to be the corrupt GCPD, something's gone wrong, and she has to investigate. She's got to get to the bottom of it. Should we have more of a corrupt NYPD book then, based on what's going on in here? In this, I'm telling you, in this, as you go through, you do have these little phrases of, well, are the detective on the investigation moved to New York? And the, I think it's such a convoluted way that you're going to New York to figure things and to get back there. But I think that this is all uncovering this big thing of corruption that might open up the floodgates of, man, all this corruption, it goes back and forth to each city, whatnot, that Renee Montoya is going to do. The problem is we're still wanting Jace Fox. I know that a lot of people didn't like the character right away for different reasons, some sus, some not, but we enjoyed him coming to New York. It felt like a fresh start for this, Eric. Give me a little fresh start there. Fresh start. And you end up where that seems now like, okay, well, I 
He's been told it's canceled. Now he's setting up Renee Montoya hard and heavy here. And Jace feels like he's kind of left behind. And the other things going on. You mean Man Ray wasn't the big thing to push it forward? Everybody's like, man, he's really the Batman of New York now. You know, <laughs> doing his uh, ironing with that stupid spiked iron. But in this, then, you even have like, okay, well, we're going to finish. So I'll get Tiff to do this and Tam to do that. And it just keeps reminding well, me. Idea. We have Tam out of freaking like, you know, coma. She's got a physical therapy. It's all cane, done now. Right. And- and even the idea is like, well, Tiff needs to find herself. We've moved from Gotham, New York, and Tiff has had a problem with the like the Fox family in general and what they actually do with the money and stuff like that. And besides, like, all I wanted to do, and I'm telling you, it's, just, it's the stupidest thing in the world because John really wants to deal with re- real world problems, which uh, that's fine. But for some reason, like, I just want Tiff to be the Robin of New York with her brother Jace as the Batman of New York. And for some reason, whenever we're dealing with Tiff now, it's just like, I got to find myself. But to find myself, I have to realize through a bunch of events of this issue, I have to check my privilege first. And it's the most long, drawn-out thing to do. I'm like, oh, come on, don't write it like this. My play with it, first off, do you think it would be inappropriate for me to call Tam Big Daddy King? Would, would you think yes. that that'd be inappropriate? Yes, I, I won't call her that then. But you end up where Is with it inappropriate Tiff, for me to call you short round? <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay. You end up where Dr. Jones, you end up, that might have been inappropriate, but that you end up where you have all this stuff yes. going. And, <laughs> and when you want to get this Tiff stuff there, like you said, we don't necessarily love the real world stuff, but it happens in comics. But when you do it, you got to be a little more subtle with it. To make it feel natural. But you actually have to say out loud, oh, yeah, I had to check my privilege. I'm like, don't say that out loud to somebody. He's giving you the concepts, but he's actually naming them as well. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense, but the idea of checking your privilege is one thing. But when you actually say it, it makes it eye rolling. It really does to me. And even when you have and just the idea. explained everything was so over the top with this explanation to her mom. Like nobody oh. talks like that is my deal. Or to their mom. Well, she says to the mom, second time I led with privilege instead of compassion. And all I did was end up alienating. I know she's a smart girl, but she's playing the smartest. And why aren't we utilizing that? What that feels like is an HR document of how you're supposed to act at work or something. Like this is an orientation video. That's what it is. That's what it feels like. And it almost feels like an after school special that's so in your face. Like they're not turning the chair around or the hat, Eric. They're just shoving it at you. And the kids are making fun of it. Anybody that would be reading this. We get the idea, but it's it's too much over the top. It's too much in your face and force. Kind of like those presenters who would come to school in elementary school or middle school and rap at you about how not to do drugs. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey there, kids. Why? Wait. <laughs> I don't even Here know. Here we go. You, I don't even know why you tried. What you should do is not don't go out and smoke that pot. <laughs> right. How about Word. this? Hey there, kids. I got you a song. Why don't you listen? Put down that bong. Uh, crack is whack. There crack we go, is whack. Right? Crack is whack. <laughs> That's what it is. Or, Woo! I mean, how many times have we seen the videos? Even if it's not a deal, it's the math teacher is going to get and connect with the kids their first day of high school to do a math rap, and you feel so bad for them because you know they think and they're when doing things something are right. Written like this, like you know, ripped from the headlines, a topical situation, and it's written so on the nose like this. That's all it comes off of, and it becomes cringe. Yeah, it it becomes cringe. It does. And it is here. Then when you go and again, you're setting up this whole idea of anarchy. (laughs) And then, I mean, I'm a dummy and I can even I can even see the connections in the real world deal where they go and try to talk to this kid. Morris Caulfield, the person who shot anarchy and was charged with his murder till he wasn't. 
I mean, he's like the worst. He just ends up where the minute that Batman and the question show up, he's pointing guns at them. And like, well, that's the really, thing is, this guy has you know pumpkins up on fence posts that with like with faces like you know etched into them, like like X's and smiles, exactly, just like pumpkins on pet posts that he's in, in the middle of the night. It seems like just shooting off at a field with a freaking machine gun. I'm like, I don't think we should talk to this guy. I don't think we should even approach this guy because it's just bad news bears. What's worse, this or flying a kite at midnight, Eric? I don't know. This. That's the weird play. He's there by himself doing that. But, I mean, seriously, when you get to this and not to get political, whatever, whatever side, what, th- this is Kyle Rittenhouse. That's all it is. This is so in your face. In order to make this story work the way that John really wants to, he's actually going back and changing things about his previous story when we were changing still in it. Gotham. Because we had, you know, Morris Caulfield, who was arrested for the murder of Anarchy, shooting Anarchy. And even Tanya Fox, you know, Luke's, uh, Jace's mother, was going to represent him to see what was going on to see if he's not being railroaded. But now the whole idea is because the reason too, Morris Caulfield was a part of what was known as the moral authority, a bunch of Gothamites who came together to try to protect their city who were being used by the seer to get all this stuff together after the magistrate fell and stuff like that. So we need to take the matters to our own hands. We can't trust people like the Batmans and the Bat family. We're going to go out there and take these masks on ourselves because we're the moral authority. And now the idea is Morris Caulfield was not a part of the moral authority as we believed him previously. He was a kid who lives in New Jersey who heard about this, who came to Gotham and shot anarchy, but not... And and then to go further when he says, uh, well, I came because you, you know, mass, you weren't doing the job. And and all he keeps nobody's saying. Nobody's talking about the seer, though, being no, behind No, the of this. seer was behind it. So the, that was a comic booky version of doing it. And what we John Ridley is doing. We Precinct 13 that Tanya, like Tanya freaking Fox was involved with, with Morris during this whole shebang because of the seer. But nobody's talking about that aspect anymore. And so when you get to this, he's going so She's over the girl. top to make it the Kyle Rittenhouse deal. And again, I'm going to stress this. I'm not saying which way any sort of side here. What I do when I read it is just when I read it, I think, oh, man, you're going to divide people with this. There's people who are going to think this is great. Think people who think it's bad. Why do that? Why do that in your comic when you already have a setup that's comic booky in a way that you can say, well, it's kind of like that. Why are you going so far away from what you had set up to do this to just end up, you know, probably getting some people upset or whatnot. But all he keeps, it's my right. It's my right. I'm like, all right, just stop. Like, let's get on with this because that's not what I wanted from this book when we had it. We had Man Ray, the most ridiculous thing ever. That was he comic was pure evil, Jim. And you said, yeah, but that was good. That was a no, was Jace Fox going to New York City thinking that, okay, problems. things are a little better here. Like, I'll just have criminals. I can help street level things. I might be able to help the community. And running into a pure evil serial killer that's the stuff that i think this book was able to do when he went but now you're just really in my mind all right i'm in renee montoya question set up time for this other book that people are already upset about when they announced it and so you're pretty much burning down any goodwill that we had with this to just get to something else that I just don't get it. I don't get it. Even but that when is you not end up the problem for what they're doing with Morris Caulfield with making him Kyle Rittenhouse. No, out of they nowhere. just changed because it. the thing is they did just change it. But the idea that they have now, where Morris Caulfield, he might have shot Anarchy, but he didn't kill Anarchy. As it turns out, Anarchy was shot before Morris Caulfield shot him. He didn't use the even though he shot him when he still left. Didn't shoot him with the finishing blows, the bullets that would have killed him. But the thing is, well, well, who actually then killed? Anarchy. If Morris didn't shoot him with the bullets that killed him, I mean, so we have to go did, to did the you idea. sit there though and think to yourself, like, that still feels like a crime? Like, I don't think sort. it matters. Like the idea though is like, 
yeah, I shot him, but he was already going to die. I'm like, you like, still I can't just shoot somebody. I don't know how Caulfield is out freaking shooting pumpkins in the middle of the night for shooting a guy who didn't get killed by his bullets. I don't bullets. know that if I walked and I found a guy dead in the sewer, I could just start pumping him full of lead. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know what the whole deal is. But yeah, you go on because this tries to tie this weird connection. The connection that we have now since Morris Caulfield isn't the one that killed Anarchy is before Anarchy's death, he kept going back and forth between Gotham and New York City because of these protest groups and what was going on with the magistrate down in, you know, Alleytown, really tagging back into the Catwoman stuff. So what he did was grab this guy, Danny Chan. He was an activist like the rest of us. When the things jumped off in Allentown, the socioeconomic disparity, the heavy handed policing, Danny started organizing our protests in Gotham. But then the idea is because of this, you go against one police like uh, police district, you, get, you go against all of them. And at one point they started you know, arresting Danny and these other protesters all the time until one night Danny got killed. And the thing is, we then tie it into the idea because Anarchy was going Such back and forth between New connection. York and Gotham that the bullets that killed Anarchy actually belonged to the police officer who was going to shoot Man Ray, who Chubb shot previously to stop him from shooting Man Ray, who was the piece of crap racist cop in the NYPD who went to Gotham to kill Anarchy because you go against one police, you got to go against all the police. And I'm like, the fuck did you just do here to make this the most convoluted, stupid yeah. story I've ever I heard mean, about the death of Anarchy? I mean, next they're going to say is the person who blew up the Death Star Darth Vader's son. <laughs> I mean, who would have thunk it? But yeah, you end up, it's such a convoluted way to get to it that I, my head was spinning. My head was spinning throughout all of this of like, okay, I'm trying to like connect the dots. I'm like, I don't know if I can like all this, but it does end up where I guess you can play. Yeah, maybe this happens. But yeah, when fear state ended, the cops were like, screw this. The, like you end up having all this paperwork and you're like, Vroom, right in the trash because nobody's going to know because all shit hit the fan and some things were pushed aside some things were swept under the rug detective mike keenan's the one who killed danny chan and probably killed freaking anarchy not morris caulfield arrest that kid he's shooting freaking machine guns and pumpkins in the middle of the night arrest i mean him. these things you seem see way over the top look at that really the fashion police have already arrested him eric i just i think it's also going to be one of those like it runs deeper and that's the, the weird thing is with this I Am Batman book. I a just lot of want people Chase to be Batman. Now. John Ridley, <laughs> he, he might get political or whatnot, but we, we didn't see that. that much. People were from the outside saying, I'm not going to read that I'm Batman because John Ridley and this and that, you know, Batman and this. It was pretty good. We it liked was. it. It was a different feel. And now it ends up where. What are you doing? Like you're jumping through hoops to get things. We even have Chase with his own 1970s styled or 1960s styled freaking Bat Helix headquarters. The ball just hangs out one, but we don't do anything there. We have all this cool stuff that we can do, and we're not just doing it because now we're just doing the whole idea ripped from the headlines from a year and a half ago. Like the, even the stuff that we're dealing with feels like outdated at this point in time to finally be dealing with it and forcing it into your book and your narrative for no reason. When you were actually you had good momentum, you had a decent thing coming to New York. Now you're going back to what you're dealing with in Gotham and just forcing things in that really don't feel like they work at all. No. And then you end up where, you know, some of the scenes are OK. When you do have the questions show up, you end up having Jace go to his father, Lucius, and say, hey, I know you dealt with Batman stuff in this question. Can they be trusted? He's like, well, they, you know, the deal. And he's like, oh, my, there's more than one. But just like a vague kind of like continuity thing for everybody. Trust them as much as you can trust them. He doesn't really end up saying, and they kind of have a back and forth going on. One of my favorite things, though, is when Renee comes and says, listen, you know, why are you here? Question. I don't want to get into that because we're going to go back and forth with this question thing. By the end, she does it herself. I'm like, you jerk. Uh, but Tiff, 
that stuff even where we love Tiff and the Check idea of your. her maybe becoming a Robin. <laughs> and this this dialogue with her is so over the top cringy. I mean, even when she goes and she tries to tell, I don't even know what she's saying. I'm so dumb. She's trying to tell this girl who's like in an after school program doing coding. Yeah. And she's like, well, what you need is a rich text uh, deal. And you go this and you go that. And the girl's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And then, oh, you don't. And then later she realizes, oh, my God, I should have checked my privilege. And then goes to the girl and goes, you want to cancel me? You can cancel. But I know I screwed up. I want to reset. I'm like, who are you? This is what Tanya <laughs> wanted to do. Like, Tanya wanted Tiff to do because the idea, like, she wants to make difference. Like, why we have this whole thing to set up the Fox Family Impact Fund Job Training Center. Why don't you go down there and help people? And then Tiff's like, hey, what do you get? This is essentially what it is, but it's not this bad. I just want to go over the top of this because, hey, you have a problem with that coding? Here, let me see your computer. It's super easy. Just do this, 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 yeah, and this. Geez. You got it yet? I'm like, I'm not as privileged as you. Oh, my God. I got to check that. Yeah. Yeah. And then comes back but says that. Not goes back and says, hey, listen, I was kind of a jerk there. Eh? You know, I, I kind of get this stuff, but there's probably stuff you know, this, like this Black Panther or something. made me right? feel like such an idiot if she came up to me and started doing this like, well, it might be super easy for you, but it doesn't make it super easy for me. I would, I Tiff would have, I would have gotten that I laptop. Left. I would have smashed it right over her head. No, you just smashed it over. Her. No, I wouldn't have. I would have been like, what? What? <laughs> like, listen, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm just trying to find my geospaces page Slow right down, now. Flash is what I'm doing here. Uh, but there's different ways to go and different ways to explain it. As she's saying, to her mom again, the second time I led with, I. I led with privilege, she said. The idea that she has and how she's going to make a difference, because she saw a woman getting hassled earlier in the day, and what she was going to do for these people that were trying to, like, you know, assault this woman. I say hassled. It was going to be an assault, yeah. but ah, she yeah. goes to pick up a pipe, and then she realizes, I can't do things this way. And then she has that, like, problem with the checking her privilege. Like, I realize I got to go about things differently. Be a Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Please, just be a Robin. Put that costume on and do the stuff. Even then, I like where she's like, all right, looks like a girl's getting a son. I'm going to pick up Even a pipe. She's oh, telling no. Tam about the idea of what she was going to jump in. Like, Tam's like, thank God you didn't. Some thug roughing up a girl. This isn't Gotham. You can't just throw on a mask, give yourself some stupid name, and kick some ass. I'm like, I miss Gotham. <laughs> Why can't we just do that? It's true. It and is then even, true. I give the idea. And yet, Batman, listen, little sis, you're not Batman. Are you a Robin? <laughs> Even that when you (laughs) when you end up having Batman in the question even go to this group, this nonviolent protest group. I don't know. They seem real riled up. They don't seem as as, violent. They might be a little more. They're just yelling at him. Hey, get the F out of here. We're nonviolent. I'm going to punch you in the face. Uh, Even that was just it seemed like an after school special. All this did. And then maybe the only thing maybe you get. But I don't know. It looks like a dad or something where you have Whitaker. See, I was going to and... ask you, what's going on with Detective Whitaker? Because we have so much stuff crammed in one issue. Because we got to get to the bottom of this convoluted nonsense to find out who shot Anarchy. You have all this stuff with Tiff and Tam and the other parts of the family that look like. Then you have one page where it's just Whitaker sitting with an old man. And like, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm trying to help. I think it's Don't his dad. It. <laughs> right thing to do. Can do for myself. Why won't his you dad just? Has to check asked his you, privilege. Just leave me alone. And then he leaves alone. And the rest of Strike Force bat shows up. Whitaker, what's up? Can we, uh, me and Mueller, Mueller grab a yeah, seat? Yeah, that or was just, just weird. Or is your friend coming back? He wasn't my friend, Tanaka. 
and I don't think he's coming back. He's my daddy. I think that his dad's an alcoholic. Eric, he's trying he's, to I help. I think he's, he's just old, and he just wants to take care well, of his dad. Well, that's a problem, too. I, I think it might be his dad, and maybe they had a falling out. This whole thing of him almost dying like 17 times since he's teamed up with Chubb. It really I made think, him think. I really think that his old man is just a guy who takes care of himself, and he doesn't want his son to have yeah. to take care of him. Maybe he has a wooden leg or something, right? No, it's got I think termites. I don't know. Maybe he has a wooden leg with a kickstand. He's like, hey, I'll help you out. Just like the idea, in order for a son to talk to his son, he must be an alcoholic. No, again, I, I think that maybe, you know, his mom died. I'll just make up the story. He had Whitaker's mom die. His poor dad, he ended up then getting a promotion, going off to Gotham, left him alone. And the dad said, you freaking left me. You left me alone now. Why do I need you? I ended up getting my own life. That's what happened there. There, there. And scene. And then he's like, I got a wooden leg with a kickstand. I don't know what's going on. It's got termites. But yeah, I think he's an alcoholic. Why does his wooden leg need a kickstand? <laughs> I don't know. That was a weird joke when I was a kid. I never understood it. It was your mom has a wooden leg with a kickstand. And I'm like, I don't get what that is. I actually, when they sit, would say, your mom wears army boots. I'm like, maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> what's wrong with army boots? Seems pretty cool to me. Pretty cool way to put up your pants. But you end up where, I don't know. <laughs> it ends up feeling like, shit, we have three issues left. I wanted to throw this Whitaker shit in here. Uh, maybe you even have the idea of like, wouldn't it be funny if to get the whole deal, Chubb now goes back to Gotham with Whitaker. They're just ping-ponging around. You have this. But you do end up having Renee being able to use that idea. Well, I, if I'm going to accept this job, she's really playing that up. I have to look at the files. And they're like, oh, you want the hard copies? Because they explain they're going to have the files and some things on this murder, on this anarchy stuff. But they're not going to make it digital. And even that was a little over my head. The idea, well, they're not going to make it easy to find, but they'll have it there. I'm like, why? do If you're already breaking the law the and some things, just, just burn it up and throw it. Uh, but you'll have to. She's going to go and read some files and things like that. But then at the end, they and then find we out. find out that it was Detective Mike Keenan. Yeah, Mike Keenan, the former, you know, pretty much NHL head coach of both the Philadelphia Flyers, the Chicago Blackhawks, and more. Eric, it was Mike Keenan all along. So you end up good coach though. He, he was a bit of a disciplinarian, Eric. But with that, was he also end racist? Up, no, I, no. I, I I would hope not. I I don't know my team the there. Phillies. He also did the yeah. Yeah, really. Back in the day deal. Yeah. From the 42 movie. One of the biggest black eyes on Philadelphia, that movie right there. Wash. Why was he so racist? Now? Uh, but yeah, at the end, they're like, it, it is this Danny Chan. He or Danny Chan was picked up by the squad. He got killed. And it was Mike Keenan. So we'll have to figure out what that is all about. I think this leads to the corruption. That'll be the Renee Montoya book. But what would you give this? How does that tie in the New York? But it doesn't matter. Because, it's, the thing th is because they said it started in Gotham and they ended up, they even say in this, the idea that things were swept under the rug in Gotham, then to continue, I think that she solves this and then goes back and says, okay, you fuckers have gone on too much. You, you end up with all that stuff set up and go uh, to see the corruption. That's what I think. But we'll see. But you go. I think the art in this is real good still. It's never been a problem for me, but the story just got convoluted. It's forcing things in that don't need to be the way they are to go. Really, uh, ripping things right from the headlines, being very topical, but not really fitting the book and the ideas that were set out previously with the idea. But the thing is, we have Jace Box, who was a Batman and the man in the streets, you know, and I like that aspect. But we're never doing enough with it. And now we're just bringing in, you know, Renee Montoya, the question to have that Gotham feel and then tying it back to Gotham with the anarchy murder, but really just forcing it that it's a New York copy. 
just feels so over the top. I did not have a good time reading this book, but I'm going to give it a 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to... Oh, you son of a gun. I'm giving it a 6, kiss Eric. It kissed my grit 6. I think that you'll never give a book a 6 now. It's a, a shame. It. I ended up, I think I told you this before, I may have said it on the podcast, but when you go to the comic book roundup, you can look at, you know, the scores that we have given. You can go and hit Eric Shea's name and see all that. At one point, I got so, I was bored and I ended up going through things to see what score haven't I given of all those reviews. And there were a bunch, like a 3.7 with some weird numbers. I don't know why that came up, but you're done with the sixes, I think. But we're going to go off to the next book, Eric. And I want to ask you, what does this mean for this book coming up? And it is Harley Quinn. What is this? Space Hogs. No, Eric, that is what I call Space Harley. Oh, my. I did it, Eric. I was laughing to myself today when I thought of that. You got to chuckle, right? Harley Quinn number 19. It is weekly now. Something that Gabe was not aware of. Gabe was not aware of. (laughs) And I ended up like, oh, you forgot Harley. He's like, what? I'm like, yep, you're done. Harley Quinn number 19, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Hayes Duarte, Ramallah Fardo Jr., and World Designs. And we end up having Harley in space with a team that makes no sense and Stephanie Phillips deciding that Harley is just there to annoy everybody, including me, as I read it, because she does nothing for the team except annoy them, and they're not doing anything either except reacting to her annoying them. And really, there is no story here. The There's nothing about going to space. It just makes you call back to what we had in the rebirth era of the Suicide Squad with that group yeah. going to space where Killer Croc and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Captain Boomerang, Boomerang just kept freaking vomiting everywhere yeah. during the soul and crap in his pants. And no, Killer Croc kept vomiting. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Captain Boomerang kept crap in his pants. Yeah, but I told you it was going to happen. And I know. And I was really hoping they would get away from the trope of that. But you can even go with that. Like, it's family guy with everybody vomiting. throwing up I and mean, everybody's vomiting. You have that going on. You're trying to play that this is somewhat a serious deal, but it's not. My favorite thing is this ties in more than a lot of books, including some of the one-shot tie-ins to Dark Crisis. It really does. We even saw Harley in space in the last Dark Crisis book, but there is no way in hell they're slapping a Dark Crisis label on this deal because it's so bad. And there's just no story. There's no story here. Well, it's got to be like we talked about last week, the idea, because it is a weekly title now. It's going to be padded out to the nth degree to make sure that we can get the amount of weeks that we need for this to be a weekly series. How do you pad out padded out? I mean, this is like, you know, you're you're crossing the streams here. And so with that, again, this is going to sound like something that we always do say because we do. Stephanie Phillips at the beginning, she had a multifaceted Harley and Harley with Kevin and Solomon Grundy at the deal, that gave you the heart and soul of a Harley that wants to do good, is smart, but can't get out of her own way, and just wants to be accepted and be somebody who's looked at as good. In this, she is full-out clown to the point where she even yells, like, one for clowns. No, no, she's past that. Even in her own book, Stephanie Phillips has made her past that. But you just go back. This is reverted back, and the weird play is, I said, and I said 25th, I guess it's the 30th anniversary coming up, And I think they want to get to a number, have an anniversary deal or whatever, get to that date. And so you have this. They're rushing. Why would you have a book that's failing? The the sales aren't great for Harley. All of a sudden become weekly in a story that makes no damn sense. It doesn't even really connect. You even have, you know, your verdict character, this villain that you made does nothing. Oh, yeah. Freaking Samantha does nothing in this thing. There is no reason. I don't even know all of this where they even need all these people in this rocket to just go where they even say at the one point, 
well, we'll end up going there. We'll land. We'll grab we the gotta same We got to go to the moon base to stop the Element X from being mutated by the dark multiverse ooze that's still out and about. But on our way there, like we saw in the last issue, our ship that was carrying our Task Force XX, they were being like shot upon by the U.S. government and a missile was after them. And before our heroes and villains, our, our Task Force XX can be killed, Bolt decides, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to teleport out there. I'm going to try to shift the missile so we can all survive. Bolt teleports out there, but leaves his spacesuit behind. He moves the missile, which blows it up with his powers. But Bolt is essentially the second issue in dead now, which really is a shame because his brother Larry died in the beginning of the Suicide Squad book we previously had. And now friggin' Terry is dead as well. So we have both Bolt and Dreadbolt dead now. But the problem is... It's such a weird situation. We have Luke Fox, one of the smartest people in the DC universe. He is using Fox Tech money, which I thought was his company, but now his Man, father seems to be completely in charge of it. They're playing off that Batman money as well, I think, is the deal. Like, yeah, uh, you know. But he's one of the smartest people in the DC universe. He put together this group of uh, supervillains to go and do this whole thing, to be the Task Force XX, to get this job done. He built a spaceship to go into space and do this. But for some reason, during his planning and thinking of this whole thing and building, he decided that all he needed was freaking dead Dreadbolt to be his pilot and did not do anything like an autopilot, anything, because now that Dreadbolt is dead, he was our pilot. What are we going to do? I'm going to try to do it. Well, you got to try to land it as well. And it just feels like this is something that like Luke could do remotely or have an AI system that would just take control of the situation. But it just feels so over the top. Like, well, Dreadbolt's dead now. I'm like, what was his flying like, uh, cl- like uh, qualifications previously? Like, did he spend like weeks <laughs> here training on your spaceship? Yeah, really. And and you're right. And it even goes further for me. The idea of having all this, I could get the idea that Luke Fox would just get a bunch of robots that he made. He put them in a ship and they'd go do it themselves with him remotely there down there and have him just doing the stuff, have the rookie there, all that stuff. Pretty cool. I mean, he is a hero himself. If he's not going to go do it himself, I don't know why. There's no... Real, I say, fuck you, Joe Boo. I don't there's myself. no real logic to any of this of what he's doing, what he has done, what any of these characters are involved with. It just ends up there for the zaniness of each pratfall and sitcom moment that ends up being really destroyed by Harley, who just keeps yelling things in randomly that doesn't have anything to do with the story. Harley is there as this crazy peanut gallery nonsense of pop culture and jokes yeah i'm hangry look at lucita she's hangry too what's going on oh my god and then this eulogy deal that's supposed to be funny and it might be in certain situations but in this i'm already annoyed because what are you doing here is this just the setup for more stand-up comedy routines going and even then some of the stuff just fell flat then everybody starts throwing up then and once it started, like, oh my god, I'm gonna say, I'm like, here we go. I told Eric it was well, gonna that's happen. The thing is, and I was really hoping they wouldn't go the vomit route just because the thing is, it was funny the first time in Suicide Squad when we just kept having crapping in the pants and barfing over it and over again. That book, like, it just kept happening. Like, I don't want to deal with this ever again, even though it was originally funny. But when you have the idea, all right, Lashina's gonna take control. And we're gonna have a controlled crash on the moon to get to our objective. And it's like Solomon Grundy, he's getting sick. Well, if he barfs, I'm gonna barf. So we start that out with a spread page, and then you have an entire page. Of everybody almost getting sick, getting sick, vomiting on other people. And then I'm like, oh, why did we just spend an entire... And then everybody's just covered in vomit because they can raise their visor up to vomit out. I'm like, what are we doing? I'm like, let's just get to the moon base, which feels weird too because you have Solomon Grundy in a spacesuit, right? He goes up there and just crashes into the JLA moon base door, breaks it open, and then it looks like he has duct tape all over his face. I'm like, where did you get that? And I'm like, why is it? why are you still okay? Just even the way he doesn't have it the panel before. I don't know what happens. I I I don't know what happens. 
I, I'll just uh, you know interject a bit. When you end up having Dreadbolt die, I thought that a funny play, and I thought because you had been talking about Dreadbolt before, and you just did again that continuity and whatnot. Not many people know Dreadbolt, right? I thought that Bolt. the fun, yeah. I thought the funny play here would be is when Harley goes to give the eulogy, she's right on, hundred percent. She knows everything about him, and then afterwards, they're like that was really great. How did you know him? Like who? I don't know him. No, the thing is, I wanted him to be like think it was his brother Larry. Yeah, even then, if you ended up having where, then people would be like, "Whoa, what is that all about?" And they look it up, and you find out, "Oh, that is him. She knew him." I think that, and you're actually backdooring a little info about a character. Instead, you're just he had a feud with raccoons, and he had this. I'm like, no, no, no. This this is just nonsense. You just and really Harley throughout all this is so annoying. Because she doesn't do anything story-based. She just ends up being there to go, hey, you like this? Oh, my God, he's going to throw up. Hey, look at this, cremoles. Hey, and jump out for clowns everywhere. Like, this is just The best part of this book, which is kind of crazy in my mind, is it's a weird thing where a bunch of pages of, like, uh, Lucius Fox giving Luke the business about how he's spending his money and stuff like that and what he's actually doing and how Fox Tech has to, like, you know, know what he's doing because they're like, you know, you can't just go and take the, like, Fox Tech money and go and put it on your freaking spacecraft. And the thing is, I know that the U.S. government tried to shoot down a spacecraft that was exiting Earth's atmosphere. And if I know it was your spaceship, other people are going to find out. And that's going to lead back to our family and our company. And we can't have you doing your shenanigans. Clean up your act. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I, I just saw it. I'm like, well, they blasted off. I know that you have certain things. But, boy, they were trigger happy with that missile before they found out anything. In a world that has a lot of superheroes that go into space. Well, it's but, also in a world where the Just League is dead and they're on high alert because they don't have yeah, protectors anymore. they are. But, again, you might have people going off. You might want to check. But they, they end up doing it. It was just to set up the whole deal. But even then, then you get where they're breaking into this and this whole thing of, you know, what this element JLA X is. Base. And it does connect a bit. With the fourth world stuff, it powers yeah, some things like that. And they end up, it gets a little wonky what they're doing, but we'll have to see what it's going with this mutation. But really, when they go in and like, this reminds me of an abandoned amusement park. No, 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 it reminds you of aliens. That's all it is. I mean, pretty, you just go with it. But she's like, clowns log, star date. I'm like, it screw you. doing better like, than just like some deep, dark alien kind of setting. Like, I feel like yeah. the Moonbase should still like at least have some kind of power or just some kind of defense system to it because it is a JLA like you know defunct moon base I just feel like it should have more but for some reason out of nowhere when we have our characters just walk in here you just have this group of ooze just go and grab a hold of Lashina and through her spacesuit it just seems to infect her and I'm like I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself what we had with that flash forward series that Scott Liddell did with Wally West saving the multiverse from the dark multiverse infection I'm like Wally you fucked up you didn't finish the job yeah and when you go again it just feels weird. The idea you said before, like, how did Luke get a hold of Lashina? Like, why is she there? What's her motivations and going did this Lashina now? Lashina defect when Orion took over Apocalypse. Like, not on my watch. I, I don't know how this is going or, on Like we here, talked about, or, I think, last week, the idea, like, oh, shit, Element X, I need to find me an expert. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know. And then you end up where, yeah, the part with Lucius was okay because we don't see much interaction with them even in the i am batman and that kind of ties in there even like you let jace do all his weird stuff well stop it it's so funny i just want the idea where luke is doing his weird stuff and i just want want luke to luke to be fucking batwing again while jace is batman but like luke's just sitting here with the knowledge the secret that jace is batman luke's all pissed off because of jace leaving the family like going over to new york and stuff like that i'm like 
when are we just going to like, you know, air out all the family grievances and let everybody know what's happening right here and just have this big Fox family secret where we don't have to ha- keep secrets like it this anymore. It would be funny. It, it's just the idea they have to each go up to the podium, Mike, run. I am Jace Fox. I am Batman. I'm the other Batman. And then you have Luke. I am Batwing. And then Tiff goes, I want to be Robin, but I don't know. I have to check my privilege. And then Tam's like, I'm Big Daddy Kane. And then there you it's have it. Daddy you Kane. got them all, Big Daddy Kane. So you end up where at the end, like, Short round. This, this has, like, here's the weird play. There's no real great way you're going to be able to set this book up anyway. But it doesn't seem like Stephanie Phillips really made any effort. Then when you get to it, you have some things that could be big, but it's played up such a joke that you don't feel like it's big. And the story itself is just kind of secondary to throwing up and little one-liners and, and clowns log star date this. And it just gets really, really annoying by the end. And it's just, I, maybe it'll pick up with this whole like symbiote stuff with the element. And I just don't know though. It just is not. I just good. want to know why there's still dark multiverse ooze everywhere. And when they actually had a mini series that was made to stop the dark multiverse ooze from infecting the multiverse. Yeah. And, and the thing is them trying to get, it just, it's not going to make sense. Where's Tempest Fuginot? At least right. He's dead. Eric. <laughs> end up with, oh, Teddy. Just end up making something and, and maybe even get some better characters than like a verdict. Maybe get some. It was funny. Like silence. The characters are fine here. Silencer, yeah, I'm telling you. It's, I would have liked some ones that we rarely get. Every even character though you can here say is a those. solid choice except for verdict. I don't know. Like Killer Frost, we've said, but they're not doing anything. What do you want them to do on a rocket ship to the moon? At one point, they're like, can you do something? She's like, I, I can freeze it, but I don't think it'll work. I'm like, well, you didn't do anything here. What do you? Why are they? What that? are you going like, to do? Well, yeah, you would have a team set up for the unique skill set of an Ocean's Eleven, but they're just there. And once Dreadbolt goes down, they're they're all useless. So the big play was he was the only one that was worth it. The they're just there. They're ballast. You end up finding out like, well, we needed to even the weight. That's why we got you. All right. That sucks. But uh, what would you give this? I will give this a 5.9 out of 10. Yes, I, I'm giving it a five, just a five. I like the art. The art change is really good. Yeah. Tony, the stuff with Luke Fox and the idea of the Fox family and what's going on in the background that I really enjoy. And even That's the idea okay. of going to the JLA moon base, it's really cool. I just hope it works out with the Element X and the Dark Multiverse Ooze. But right now, it's like it really just feels like a padded out weekly issue. And I want it to feel like more than that for what they're trying to do. Well, and the JLA base, I think you're just going to go from here and have wackiness and whatnot and just sell me running and open the front door and just go i think that they will end up i don't know i guess they could all get infected and leave the base i don't know if they're going to stay at the bat i don't know we can't bring that back home now now you're like mccready at the end of the thing you're just going to sit there and wait the a thing while is, you can't though, bring that back. sheena might want to i don't know I mean, how you, you do it stop her flamethrower watch these movies jen come on i don't think that it's just her that's going to get infected either i think that most of them except harley will be well, that's in- why these aren't a-listers on there yeah she'll have to save them freaking verd- the verdict's in you suck so there you go, Eric. Verdict's in your collateral damage. A re- regular five. But, you know, that's the first section of books. We're done that. We're going to go off now to some mail. It's time for the mail, and if you want to be part of the mail section here and be the star of the show like one Eric Lee Shea, you can end up emailing us. Well, you're a, you're a star even without the mail. No, I'm saying my middle name. What's In that about? My, I, I don't know. I like saying it sometimes. I said it last night a couple of times, too. I don't know if you heard that. 
or if I slipped we, it we past. Weren't on, we weren't recording at that point. You were just at home saying no, it for some reason. No, I actually said at one point during the deal, you might not have heard me. I slipped that one through the five hole, Eric. But with all of that, touch my five Eric Lichet over here, he, he emails me sometimes. You have to email us. It's funny. I randomly listened to a show. It was actually episode eight. You're not listening to yourself saying you listen to yourself podcast. When I <laughs> I may play a podcaster on TV, but not in real I ended up listening and at, at that point was when you ended up putting your foot fully down and said, None of this nonsense. No tweets, yeah. no like DMs. They have to be emails and that stands true to this day. Eric Lee says it, Eric Lee means it. And sure so does. with that email is a weird thing. When you email, we're still gonna miss a bunch of them. Exactly. I like to say that they got into the spam folder, but I'd probably off eating spam and just didn't see them come in, Eric. Haven't had spam in a while, though I almost had corned beef hash this morning, and I did not, though. So I don't know why I brought it up. But email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Luis. And Luis has what he has. The question of the week is what he usually has. Luis says, good day to you, Sir Jim, Sir Eric. Eric Lee. And the best fresh council I know, the Get Fresh crew. And he says, question of the week. He's right to it, Eric. He says, if you can have a comic artist and writer write the story of your life, who would it be? And then he says, see you in seven. I would have Juan Ferreira do the art because I've seen some of the things that he's put us in. I look slim and trim and ready to mingle, Eric. So I'm down with that. But, well, because he doesn't know what I look like. That's what I need. Uh, But I think I'd go Tom King because he's going to make me so miserable in the book that my real life would actually feel like it's a a blessing, like a dream come true is my jokey deal. But if I really wanted, Jeff Johns would probably be the one that I would like. He'd be able to pull out all of the continuity of my past and bring it all into something new and fresh. Eric, who would you have? Uh, for a horror aspect to it, I think I'd have Kelly Jones go and do the art for thing and make it all yeah, like dark and dreary. Years. Give me all big ass pointy ears, why not? And as for the writer, I think I'd have Grant Morrison because if anybody was reading my life story and at any point says they don't understand, think it's stupid and or boring, people would just come out and say, well, you're not smart enough to understand it. Well, that would be true. So you have a bit of a joke you want to speak. I almost said Grant Morrison as well, actually kind of saying the same thing, but saying People would just not understand any of it and just leave me alone then. So I'm like, hey, all of a sudden I will have, I have my defenders who say they're smarter than everybody I else. I have this huge arrow and all this nonsense from the Silver Age, stuff like that. But yeah, I still say Tom King because, boy, he'd make it so miserable that I'd be like, boy, my life isn't that. Again, it's At still least your life it's story. not the Tom King deal. But I'm telling you, he would add those deals in the way he does. I saw him do like the life story of Adam Strange. That shit didn't work out right. Eric, it didn't work out well at all. Uh, I did find out something Tom King asked, just to throw this out there. I talked to somebody today that had talked to Dan DiDio at a deal, and Dan DiDio fully said that he hated every second of that Tom King Batman run, and it made me giggle. I just thought that that was funny to bring up since we had the Tom King deal, but that is something that he said it drove him nuts the whole time, and he tried to get ended many a time, but they wouldn't let him, but... Because we always go with the idea, the opera people, the people who, I guess, are in charge, charge, you know, even more than him, even though he was one of the big guys. But once the book stopped selling, that's why it ended. But that's that. That is the mail. That's very quick mail. Uh, Probably the quickest we've ever had. But, yeah, if you want to email like Luis, if you want to just talk about whatever, Dan deal, whatever you want to do, email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail. Like Luis, but we're going to go off right now. We have two more books. It's what we like to call the Clone Red section. 
and don't like to call it, but we do call it because it's, you know, a little bit of misery. But we'll see. Maybe it picks up. I that's said I, I like heard, to call it the Coon Rats section? Yeah, that's what I call it, just to warn that's, people. Uh, just leave now. the Coon Rats are working on yeah, it yeah, it's exclusively. Also, <laughs> they, they seem to like that, but then don't like the Coon Rat deal. I saw that Michael W. Is it Michael W. Conrad? He it ended is. up saying that. It's starting to be something that people are using as like a shameful thing, the Gloom Rat. So, hey, maybe, but we're going to have Batgirl, Batgirl, and Wonder Woman uh, right about now. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair, blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shake. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap Well, that's just every shape all right, we do have the Clunrad section here. I need to finish off my Clunrad song that I was working on, but until then, we like to have Eric Shea going on. I forgot all about it, and then I'm like, yeah, I didn't finish that. You know, they got to do that. Uh, but busy man, Eric. But we end yeah, up having the Clunrad section here. Of course, Batgirls and Wonder Woman. And it's kind of a toss-up of which one's better, worse, whatnot. But I, I know think which Batgirls better. is a lot better than the Wonder Woman Well, book. not a lot. But come on. Even though it, it has its issues. I mean, it does have its issues of when they first started. We talked about this before, but they had interviews. Yeah, you know, the 13-year-old Cass and Stephanie and then tried to step back on that. Yeah, they're more like 17. Yeah, yeah. It, it still feels like they are writing it. And this feels, even with this, where you end up having... Alyssa show up, it feels very much like the Burnside back. It's feeling more and more. Yeah, you, you end up having more and more of that feel of that. And so when you do end up going to that one story, they're going to try to figure out who this whole Hill serial killer is. You end up having some weird twists and turns here. And then suddenly KGB shows up for no reason at all. And I think that there's some big problems. It's time to get revenge for Dick Grayson's brain. <laughs> And you're okay. like, I, I think that he got revenge. Plus, I think the guy's a zombie right now. But hey, I don't That's know what's going part on. Of, like, the idea that we have t- uh, the KG beast as a zombie right now, currently in Jason Todd's Task Force Z. But here he is alive and well doing Batgirl stuff. And that's the worst part about it. This is a guy who at one point was the biggest bad that Batman had ever fought. And like, you know, Bane actually had to become the next big bad. But at one point in time, Batman had to seal him away to die because he couldn't defeat him and couldn't stop him. Like, this is how bad KG Beast was to the point where you could actually continue on with the idea because within this book of Batgirls, you have Cassie Kane here, who is a living weapon, trained from birth to be the, wor- the deadliest fighter in the world. She should be able to take him out, and this should be an idea where he thinks he's KG Beast, the biggest, baddest thing there is, even mm-hmm. though recently we haven't seen that, but... Going up against Cassie Kane, that should be like an eye-opening experience for him. But no, it's just normal stuff. And Stephanie Brown, she has no reason to take on KGBs because she can't. And I'm like, there's no reason the way you're, you're doing it all wrong is what I'm trying to say. And what, what the weird play here is just as a throw-in deal. Yes, we have him in the Test Force Z book as a zombie right now. But why does he keep showing up in Batgirl books? He ended up being with the living gold and the that The living nonsense. gold arm of KG Beast. The Castellucci run, which was just not very good. But you end up where it's funny because people, when I was on the one video deal, the Thinking Critical comic aficionado show today, they were talking about the idea that Deathstroke has been neutered a bit trying to get. But I don't mind the whole family thing with that. But I brought up the idea of, well, at least he's not Prometheus, at least Prometheus, who ended up taking down the Justice League and then gets tased by a random woman while they're taking a tour. 
Uh, KG Beast might be worse though. KG Beast shows up, and even then, the idea we're going to get revenge for Dick Grayson's brain. Batman kind of killed him, and then Tom King got to Left step back from that. Yeah, and so the idea of how he even had to really punch things to get it. Yeah, yeah, really. And so you didn't really need And in that, you have him as a zombie now, and it's one of those things that we say a lot. Bendis would do it a lot when he was writing things up. Boy, why did you have to mess this up? You didn't really need to do this. This has nothing to do with really the book or anything going on right now. It just ends up leading to an alley. Where you find a dead body of that poor old man, but why that even poor old do man this? Who we thought was a serial killer was killed by the serial killer. How ironic! I'll get to that as we get further. That I think there was a, a big bunch of feels kind of missing in that deal. But this is Batgirls. This is Batgirls number nine. As we jump into this, it's written by Becky Clune and Michael W. Conrad. Art by Neil Googe. The Googe is in the town. Googe. Rico Renzi, and the art looks pretty good. And Becca Carey. And yeah, you end up having this deal where you've gotten rid of some of the things. I don't know about you, but I thought of you, Eric, like I do often. The idea where they almost make fun of their own story that had just happened when you end up having the news report from Grace. And now, not the news report, the new podcast by Grace O'Harrell, former newscaster. Yeah, she ends up, I love where she's like, well, listen, I'm doing a podcast. You I'm not allowed, life, you do a podcast. not allowed to drink martinis at my newest desk, but I can do it now. Uh, but yeah, even the same. Is saying, this her 100th episode? Because I can understand that. It might be. She ends up, well, is that Look gym? at the studio they have. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, seriously, it's got some view there. The clock tower also. I wish they have that an you on-air sign? I, I <laughs> wish that they would have had, like, flyers, you know, save the clock tower would have been kind of funny. But when she says, listen, I'm Grace O'Hara, and I ended up, I don't like the news because the news is against the Batgirls, and they inspire me. The I'm going to show everybody how at. it is. The Batgirls are where it's at because, man, they're taking down all the people. Spellbinder, Tudor, you remember those guys? No, nobody does. I'm like, you're doing what Eric hates. You're making fun of your own story Stop here. Yeah, and Yeah, do that. So in that, though, you end up having I the actually old wanted a weird thing too. It's like you remember them, right? These are the things that we've dealt with so far. And also, you remember the seer, that little girl that oddly looked like me, but never came about to do yeah, anything. Oddly looked like me that made Jim think that I was her mother, and then ended up <laughs> killing somebody and going away, and they didn't chase her down. You remember that, right? But even that, hey, the sinks—they got taken down. All that. Okay, we're done. And the with clock that. tower's built back together. I'm like, are we going to go back to the clock tower now that we rebuilt it and it was formerly the back row hideout? Yeah, maybe. I and here's the, I like the idea. All right. That stuff's done. Let's get to this other thread out there, the serial killer, which was never really pushed. It was just Steph thinking it's their old guy neighbor who I thought it was just like home alone, guy out there shoveling. And so he's zipping up his bag, his duffel, duffel bag, bag, and yeah. it looks like he has somebody, people, whatever. And I thought right away yeah. that it looked like, you know, that it was going to be a mannequin situation. Well, especially what I mean in the is, background, he has a doll sitting on a rocking chair. So when you see an arm and a part of it, like a head and an eye, I'm like, these are mannequin parts. Now, and I love, too, where they're doing this or and they want to play parts. out the idea. Like, it's getting rid of his real girl doll. He's ashamed. I mean, you look an old guy doll. You're starting to think, oh, my, what's old going guy, on 39, here? 39, whatever. Yeah, you know, this guy's so 39. He gets action figures. He doesn't call them dolls, but we all know the truth. All that going on. I th- no, I meant my real doll. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be one of those, like, he had a doll. I, even it, it'll still be sus, but not the sus way of a killer. It will be. Well, I like to make the mannequins. What is he doing though? He ends up where we see, and all we can figure out is he gets a double bag of these parts. Looks like a nice double bag too, and he's going somewhere now. Nice double bag. Do you think he ended up getting killed 
before he threw away the parts, or he was throwing away the parts anyway, then got killed because well, it's a weird why would he throw away that nice duffel have, bag, Eric? You have the, God damn it. <laughs> it's just a duffel bag. You can buy them anywhere. But the idea that you have the old man, he's putting, you know, these parts of this mannequin slash doll inside of a duffel bag, and he's leaving his apartment. He closes the door. He looks all shifty-eyed behind him, and either somebody with a little knife comes up to him, like, to stab him, or he is actually also brandishing. It has to be somebody else, because he's not wearing gloves. Basically. Yeah, no. So somebody comes up somebody else. and stabs him right there at his door, who then, I guess, takes him around back to the side and dumps his ass and his duffel bag full of doll parts away. But... It's such a weird situation because of how you're playing it. Because in this issue, you're bringing in the idea of like, we have the Batgirl is going to go up against Killer Moth, which is fine because I love Killer Moth. Killer Moth is a perfect villain for the Batgirls or Batgirl, whatever. And if you want to elevate the character, even better. Don't be like, you know, don't take away from KG Beast. Just elevate to like Killer Moth because that makes sense to me. But when you have Killer Moth, it seems like he might be the culprit of the Hill, you know, like serial killer. But it doesn't seem like it's going to like pan out because... You, you don't have, you know, like Killer Moth is brandishing a weird little tiny knife to go and kill people. So it's such a weird idea because even when you're done with the KGB stuff and you see, oh, my God, what's going on in this dumpster that I fell in? There's body parts. Oh, they're just doll parts. But underneath the doll parts, oh, my God, it's the old man we thought was a serial killer. He's been killed by the serial but he's also covered in weird goo. I'm like, that's gross. But then I realized, oh, wait, it's probably Killer Moth's freaking like goo gun. You know, his like his sticky gun. So like it's probably just that, but how is Killer Moth? How is Killer Moth connected to the serial killer? Because while he is the Killer Moth, I don't see him doing this. Now, is this the idea where we find out that indeed Killer Moth is on the prowl and actually the guy was the serial I don't know what's going on. You end up having Stephanie like really thinking it's the old guy. So she's been staking it out. Sunbathing, Jim. Sunbathing. Right, well, and even then you end up where Cass and you go a little too long maybe with it. Like, hey, Cass, she didn't read much. She was busy killing people as she went. She's got the book. I mean, they keep mentioning stuff like this. It's nice enough. But I think that we're be- that seems again like a younger character that hasn't done the things that we've kind of seen. But that's fine. But when Steph. She's there. Hey, are you watching that old man again? No, no, I'm sunbathing. I'm up here. But she is watching him. And I wanted to get this deal where after they find him dead, I I thought that this would actually be more of a hard-hitting thing for her. And you'd have like an emotion like, this is the time. Like She's like, I didn't chase him or anything. I, I just whatever. This 930, that's when he used to do this. And like you find out that she knew everything that he oh, did. Oh, yeah, you got a rear window of this. But yeah, but she doesn't really do that. She just like, I mean, at one point she seems just sad, eyeballing. but she gets over it very quickly with that because they get attacked by KGBs. Who they're staking out. We have put word on the streets that this is a Batgirl's freaking like, uh, like, you know, hunting grounds. They set this up. I mean, they, yeah, they end up drawing them in. But you didn't need to do that. This was an artificially set up thing by them. It wasn't like KGBs was already there. Because we're going to get revenge for what they you did. They wanted to get revenge of something that is so past now and people have gotten that and whatnot. And the guy's supposed to be in this continuity, a zombie at this point. But you could play around with that. But the idea of this is. I guess he makes it out of Task Force Z. The biggest complaint here, really. We've had a, a couple of characters that we see might have made it out. But you end up where I didn't love the art before the Jorge Corona art. I thought it was a little sloppy and the biggest complaint of the book. There's too much going on. So you couldn't focus. It was a mess. You finally push all that aside. You just have the serial killer deal. You're starting to go. It looks interesting. And then KGB shows up. Then you bring in KGB just to make him look like a schmuck. You need to have some action scene and you make him look like a schmuck to the point where it's Looney Tunes type oh, you know, action here. He, it's he, not he gets anything. hit with a batarang that's electrified and all of a sudden he just becomes like a cartoon character being jolted with electricity to then cast, cast kicks him in the butt off a building and then they just tie him up. When you have this situation where you have a Batgirl's book 
In my mind, Cassie Kane, she is the Batgirl. Stephanie Brown, while she has been Batgirl in the past, she does not stack up against somebody like a Cassandra Kane. So the idea where you have a KGB's command, who's something you should fear, Cass should be the one who handles it. Steph should almost maybe get killed and realize this will create some friction or something within the Batgirl community where Steph starts having like trepidation about being Batgirl because yeah, Cass maybe. is so much better there. Create some kind of drama there. But for having this here for absolutely no reason except for Cass to fall off a freaking ledge, land in a dumpster next to where they took down KGBs and say, oh my God, that old man I thought was a serial killer is in the dumpster. That's just a little too much. And you padded out the entire You've had it out the entire issue with this KG Beast bullshit. Yeah, that's all it was, was padding in a story that needed to lessen all the nonsense to get to what was the one thread there with the serial killer. You still can't even do it. You've set it up. Why to do does it the can't. dude have all these freaking mannequin parts? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, that would be interesting. And if you do have faith that your serial killer story is interesting enough to continue and go with, then go with it. Not have, I mean, this KG Beast. Is silly. It's so over the top silly, and it takes away from the idea. It's a serial killer story we're doing. Did they think that? Oh, that's too dark. So let's get KG Beast in town, but we'll make him goofy. I mean, at one point he's getting electrified. You see a skeleton, and then he's on fire to make it look like he's got like a flame as things still on fire. It's just nonsense. Really, I like the art. But the idea of KG Beast being here, you have a lot of other picks of characters that you could have had. Even the idea where you could add somebody, you know, like a Firefly, maybe somebody that is wanting to, like, up the ante. Ooh, I'm going to take care of these Batgirls and go. KG Beast is way over the top, especially for Steph. As you said, Cass can take care of all this. Like, And maybe you start off and, that's and maybe... the fun of, of having a KGB show up and thinking, Das, I would take down these girls, no problem. You know, I, I, I was Russian mad. I a gigantic Russian man. So when you have that, and then Cassis starts beating the crap out of him, this throws KGB for a loop and actually throws him off his game. Because even when you have Cassis, you have some cool stuff in here where you see Cassandra Kane suplex KGB. So you don't see shit like that every day, but like make it mean something. But you didn't do anything here with it. Yeah, no, you didn't. Except for just make KGB look like a schmuck, which is terrible because that's all anybody does with the character anymore. Who used to be the biggest Batman villain of all time to take on the Dark Knight. Yeah, and so one of the things is the setup is when they do get KG Beast in town, they lured him there, which, you know, you're playing with fire there a bit, or at least you're playing with KG Beast, right? And you end up where... You are, in fact, playing with KG Beast. There's Farber's like, all right, let's get going. Here I go, and I'm hacking, and it's like, and have this animated thing in his heads-up display. And that's right when I'm like, yeah, this is just nonsense. I, well, even the, the funny- idea... Of getting a deeper meaning through all these things, even when you have characters like Alicia show up, the like you know the former roommate and best friend of Barbara Gordon, we're just hanging out talking about what they've been up to lately. I wanted Alicia to ask like, "Hey, why are you have you taken on these two teenage girls and pretty much their dead mother right now?" Have her ask anything and have like reasons for Barbara Gordon to be doing this that like makes sense to her friends in the public. Just add something to your book. Talk like, why do we something. have the idea of them sitting there and having lunch? Oh, we don't get to do this enough. Okay, goodbye. I'm like, yeah, why yeah, was grumpy, this here? Grumpy cat sign. And then you end up where Alicia, why Alicia's there is like anything in the Wonder Woman book. It's supposed to be like, look, we know the characters. Look at this. We know that the Burnside Batgirl deal had her. So here she is, but don't know anything to do with her. Don't do anything with that. Just end up. It's just fan just service. Talk about your lives. Like the whole thing is like, hey, what are you up to, Alicia? Well, I'm doing this, this and this. And she is like, she's one of these terrible friends. So it doesn't care about what you're doing. OK, I've got to go now. Yeah, where is this like, hey, you hear from Frankie? You hear anything like that? Like something. I went at Frankie's talking motorcycle shop and sitting you there tell with me Frankie's them. too busy and the motorcycle just there as a freaking like a the motorcycle is sitting at the table with them on a chair 
almost like speed buggy. I just went up there with a kickstand right next to the table, still just like the light up display in the beginning and just talking like to your him. mom's wooden leg. Eric, it all ties back to that. I just went, how are you doing? I can't Nobody wants speed buggy. <laughs> I want speed buggy. Maybe jab at y'all. Uh, yeah, maybe. Or like Captain Caveman shows up out of nowhere, starts hitting people over the head. But even again, that is just, hey, look, here's the character that you might know. And we are going to show you that we know. And then see you later. Doesn't even work. It could have been cool to have Frankie there because the tech side of it maybe gets something. It could have been cool just to have Alicia there to talk about how Barbara is dealing with being this dead mother of these two girls and being a background. But like, oh, I have physical therapy. Oh, my God. Physical therapy for what? Well, you know, this this chip in my back, it's still like kind of new and it won't last forever. So I got to go like. It's, we're just doing the same thing that we always do, and the reason that Barbara's not Batgirl anymore. We kind of got a new one in after the Joker, so you end up with that. You don't hurt it. I like the idea where Lisa's like, hey, whatever happened to that Gordon clean energy? You still pissed at that, huh? <laughs> you could have been billionaire. Eh, you mean Gotham clean energy? Yeah, Gotham clean energy than it was. But yeah, so you end up but going. worked. And yeah, she probably still does. I think she might, but I don't. we have no mention of it. But again, you go off then. And what I wanted to know, too, is, you would get, but it's cartoony art throughout. But I like it. It fits. It, it feels no, it's a little good, except for the KGB ass. stuff. Yeah. So when you end up where, hey, I'm going to tap into the heads up display, I'm thinking, I hope those are caricatures and cartoons because you're pretty much showing your identity to the KGB now too. He probably could get facial recognition and find out at least Steph and Barbara there and get. I don't know. I'm just like, it's like me going around with a caricature of you. Have you seen this man? There's a leprechaun on the loose, Jim. Who else in the leprechaun? Say yeah. yeah! Oh, my God, the leprechaun. Have you seen this man? Uh, I'm going to get all the gold, Eric, is what I want. But, yeah, KGB starts, you know, rat-a-tat and rootin' tootin' shootin'. He gets caught on fire. He falls off a building. He's doing all this. Rat-a-tat tootin'. Rat-a-tat tootin'. And then they end up just tying him up and leaving him for the GCPD. Uh, And in the meantime, they find mail from their old guy Walter neighbor Green. and then find more than that old man then they find body parts but oh my god look i found the leg oh it's just a mannequin leg it's a wooden leg with a kickstand eric and then you end up oh my god a body i'm like what is this progression here and i i'm thinking the idea where okay we're gonna leave the body here there's a dad are they gonna think kgb's killed this guy or what's gonna happen because they're on the way and this was set up beforehand this was all a sting operation to take down KGBs. What is KGBs being arrested for? I don't know. I'm sure he's a wanted criminal. Well, he may be, but still, he was a zombie just, you know, yesterday, Eric. It just seemed like he, they lured him in. This doesn't seem like it's going to hold in court, but it might it might inconvenience him. I don't even know what they're coming to get him for. But, yeah, all this then ends up with the idea that they find the body. So you get this, and they're going to do detective work. This is supposed to show how smart they are. They're in backfills mode. I have no idea what they come to this conclusion of, oh, my God, that guy's eye, it's not real. It's been forced back. But now we're getting it. I'm like, what happened to the poor guy had a glass eye his whole life? I don't get the whole deal of, oh, my God, this eye was forcibly removed and put back yeah. with a fake one. How do they know that's new? Because of the trauma to the face? It doesn't even look like it, though. I don't even see that's the problem. The art doesn't really show we'll that end much. Up being, guy, try to be a better detective, Jim. Use your eyes, damn it. When they say, look at his expression, 
I thought that, oh, whoever killed him, he was surprised that his ass was getting killed. And they're like, nope, it's the eye. They pry it out. The eyes have it. And then open it up and there's a note with a cipher in it. I'm like, this is the most convoluted deal. Holy moly. And now we got to find out if all the other victims, because the GCPD are holding this freaking case pretty close to the chest. We have to find out the other victims that also had their eye forcibly removed, had a glass eye put in that actually opens up with a cipher inside to point out who the serial killer is. There's a lot going on, but sitting outside the freaking, you know, Batgirl's apartment is Killer Moth. And I have to wonder, does Killer Moth, is Killer Moth the serial killer and like, you know, following this whole thing? Or is he just a peeper? Is he a peeper or does he know that the Batgirl's identity, he's watching the Batgirls as Barbara Gordon, Sandra Kane, and Stephanie Brown because he's just looking at them as girls in the freaking apartment. I have no idea what sending means. And if he did do the bad stuff, then you end up maybe he's worried all oh, the neighbors. He doesn't know that the Batgirls maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, all that going on. But it is funny, too, when you're doing this, I'm like, Verdict get involved with this eye scoop and shit? Why is everybody involved with prying eyes out and stuff? People love that shit in Gotham. I guess. It's you know, really eye-popping. It's eye so popping. funny, too, the idea when we have Steph and Cass fighting, you know, the KGBs towards the end of it, and all of a sudden it's like this weird, quick, purple gust goes past Steph that causes her to fall over. Like, did you see that? It was purple. It had wings. What was going on? Whoa, whoa. I have to assume that was Killer Moth flying there. Yeah, like, I thought so too. But how is he flying up? I'm telling you, he looked like a puff of fucking Morbius smoke the way he was going past there. So I have no idea how you'd have no idea that a Killer Moth is flying but at one you. One of them guys there. I mean, look at that guy. He has the goofiest costume. They gave him some cool freaking metal purple wings, but. He has the goofiest costume. When, when there's a killer moth coming, you're going to notice that shit. Yeah, you would. And I think that at the end, it, it would be one of those where him and Steph are like, really? Like, we got a kind of a color scheme And it's so going. funny, too, because we have the situation where we see this weird thing that we don't know what it is at first. Stephanie has no idea. Like, did you see that? It was purple. It had wings. But when we see it again, when he takes off the building to end this issue, it's now shown as green. So, like, what are you trying to do? Is there a different killer moth who's actually a killer moth who's going to make the actual the, the previous killer moth look like a chump because he doesn't do any killings? Maybe. Is the other one purple and this one greens? It's a real killer moth. That, that's the deal. Yeah, it's weird. And he's peeping. The and I don't understand. Like you said, I hope that it's explained that he's chasing the joint here. Does he know now that they're the bad girls? Is he going after his brother, the eviler killer moth, and this is the last place that he knew he was there and like the, where the victim was He's started, like, like looking you know, and he's like, he's going after the not-so-killer moth that doesn't really take it to the extreme. I don't know, but Such a weird idea. The idea of this detective work of scoop eye, open it up because it's hinged, have a cipher. I mean, this is wacky, but it's cartoony kind of comic book stuff. We'll see how it goes, but the KGB's thing kind of does end up really ruining the bit of that it, it just seems eye-rolling like kgb's used to be something bigger than this so i'm worried about killer moth by the end maybe killer moth will be better than he ever was maybe maybe that's what they're Except doing he was a moth i don't monster. know i just don't, i just don't think that they have a care for any of the characters even alicia like they said they don't really have anything for her to do she just shows up so in the end, what would you give it? I like the art in this, except for the cartoony ideas during some of the action stuff. Like that. I like the way that we're bringing Killer Moth in here because it's a cool new way to for like you know go into a new story with a character that I think suits the Batgirls with what they're doing. I think the serial killer angle. I'm still kind of on the fence with that because I don't understand what it means. But most of this issue is bullshit with the KGB stuff, and like you could the stuff that you did before that, like you know, hey, Cassie likes reading, Steph likes sunbathing, Barbara likes hanging out with her friends. 
You could have done a lot more with those things, actually flesh out the characters and how they feel at their new status quo, but you didn't do that. You just freaking had it as a filler, like the rest of the KGB stuff. So I'm going to give this a 5.1 out of 10. Yeah, I'm giving it a kiss my grit six. I actually like it a little more. The KGB stuff is weird, but I like seeing the majority of it. Yeah, it's just that I don't mind the tone as much and you end up where maybe from here you go on. I do like the art a lot in that way. It doesn't fit really. The KGBs gets Looney Tunes, but I do like some of the stuff here. It just ends up like just doing nothing. I don't understand. Maybe I should go down to a 5.5. Kiss my friend. kind of like Gossamer, but KGB, he's the big red monster. Yeah, 5.5 I'm going to go with just because you have. And I said, I said it already, Steph realizing oh my god i really shamed this old guy thinking that he was this bad and i didn't and then ends up just at the end just like oh well he's dead let's scoop his eye out and go like there's not really much emotion to that idea of man why did i think she says it at one point but i wanted a little more than that to show that she actually does feel bad like i maybe i could i want to know why the back girl's apartment doesn't have air conditioning yeah, well, you know, they're handing out water and stuff. They just, you know, things cost money. It's They don't have the Gordon Clean Gordon energy. Gordon's boyfriend is a billionaire. <laughs> well, yeah, he is. Well, yeah, how do you think he got so rich? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, Inheritance. I, I don't the know. The old-fashioned like, way. You know, just think of that. That's just something very silly to think of. And have. it's not anything that affects the score, but you're just wondering, it. like, why is that? Why did you have to have it so they don't have air conditioning so they have to hand out water? And why Steph has to spend her free time at a bookstore because at least it's air conditioned. Well, and, uh, yeah, castles that, and yeah, Steph. I, I think know why that, I did that shit growing up because I was poor. It's weird because you end up at yeah, really. Uh, the one place that was great was that movie theater. Holy crap! Yeah. At one point, that thing was cold. You even got yelled at by an old lady. Uh, I used weird to hang out of Staples in the office department because I had nice chairs and it was cool. If I had this going on and I'm writing this and I say to you, "Hey, I'm going to have Cass in the bookstore because she wants to read and get some books," you'd be like, "That's cool." And I'd yeah. say, and, and by the way, it's hot, it's summertime, it's like do the right thing, everybody's hot. And you have Steph in a little baby pool on the roof, and the that's cool. They almost seem like they had to make it so, oh, people won't understand why they do that. We have to throw in the air. It, it was weird. It, it's a really weird thing to set up something you didn't need to actually set up. But we'll continue with that concept there, because we're going off to the second book in this wondrous Clunrad section, Wonder Woman number 790. Written by Becky Clune and Michael W. Conrad. Art by Emmanuel Lupacino, Jose Luis, Eduardo Pensica. There's three pencilers on this. Wade Von Graal, Badger, Julio Ferreira, Tamara Bonvalon, and Pat Rochelle. Hell of a crowd in there. I believe 78% of them have blocked this, Eric, is what is my calculations. But you end up in this oh, story. This is the finale. This is the finale of all this stuff with Cisco, all this stuff with the milk extra, all this sweetheart stuff. And it feels like there was never any story around it. Goodbye, Villainy Inc. Yeah, and it just has to oh, end. Oh, hell, Hera. And it's <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? I, and I'm reading this, and just as we go through the separate deals with, you know, calculus, the idea, I look at the stats or whatever, and all you really have in this is him looking at the ticker tape. Zero point zero. I have the probability machine. Oh, yeah. I just knocked it over. Oh, no. Oh, no. What am I going to do? The probability of that is not great. Zero point zero. <laughs> Who saw that coming? The fight is I'm going to, and this is Etta. Etta's there. She's supposedly tied up. I'm going to let calculus talk about stuff. Not really anything that's going to be of importance of any of this, but I'm going to let him talk as I try to get away. He's going to check the probability. Then I'm going to have him check it again, and it's going to change because I want to wallop him in the face. 
That's it. At least the idea, because I was very upset previously when this had Dr. Poison take out like uh, Siegfried and like Steve Trevor, like that's a little bit better. But for some reason, Professor Kaggo is taking out Etta Candy with a taser previously really bothered me because it just seemed like out of order. Thankfully, that was always the plan. GPS tracker to go to his like location in the basement at Holiday College, stuff like that. And Etta is able to get out and kick his ass. This is all part of the plan. So at least that this part here makes the previous stuff I a little bit better. I would have think you would have searched her, but maybe that wasn't in the probabilities, Eric. And yeah. she didn't tell him to. And then at one point, she's like, take this probability machine ticker taper and throws it. Oh, no. Imagine. And then there's a lot of, like, shading thrown out. You're really you're weird being underneath the did, school when you ended up and I cheated on my test. Did I they talk at one hear. point where he used to get handsy with maybe some of the students? Yeah, I, that's what it seemed, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> and she says, like, you're there. I cheated on my final. I swear to God, I wanted, like, the dean, that crusty old dean. He hears that I retroactively takes her diploma. Now checkmate fires her. She's not qualified. Well, like, I, I don't know the whole thing. Because Professor Kakos, he's an old character. You're updating it right here to bring him in the villainy ink just because it's fun and stuff like that. But like when Edda breaks out, trust the numbers. That's how you ended each lecture, right, Professor? But numbers can be manipulated just like people. The difference is people talk. Rumors, allegation, nothing was proven. I'm like, what are you trying to say, Edda? Oh, I know what she's saying. It's like, trust the numbers. They come in. Oh, you're, you're next up. Okay, what are we going to talk about, Professor? Let's talk about the 69. 69, <laughs> dude. Little 420, uh, then a 69, you dig? Idea. Zero and this is the idea. Zero. 69 you end up where all this Pretty is going cool down. all this is going down and really the only thing you need to take out professor calculus because you said a fun character you throw it in this villainy ink whatever but they don't really seem to know the character know what to do. Ticker taping it. so he's just ticker taping this and all you have to do is yell out number and mathematical puns at him that stuns him and then knock over his machine done i mean she leaves him just trying to pick up ticker tape. It's like he's not even that much of a threat that they have to do anything. She just leaves him. All of that idea track or whatever. Why? You ended up just leaving him there picking up ticker tape. It's nonsense. So you end up all this. And even then when he's like, I love that. I don't want you to put the lasso around me. Like, really? What are you going to tell? Because you're going to tell the truth. <laughs> now, now we're going to get some real Clear. details. Please put that around. So then you go back. You go to Dr. Poison, not back. You actually go to Poison, who ended up trapping Siegfried and Steve Trevor. Now, I want to ask you a couple things. Is it that when she said, I know all about you, Siegfried, I know what happened to you in the pet? Was that just poison like we laughed at? Because she ended up seeming like she had some really, really, and when she ends up saying like, oh, man, I'm going to hit you with this Valhalla stuff, I'm like, oh, we're going to find out what she, no, no, it seems like it's just poison. I love she goes, well. I couldn't pierce you with my needle, so I just threw a bucket of the shit at you, and that's how I did it. Ha ha, I a win. cement truck of shit. Yeah, like, what is going on in this book? It's so ridiculous of a cool team because I don't it was know. so ridiculous. Then he gets slimed. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. I don't know. You end up with a, a team that seemed goofy but cool. Characters that we don't get. Yeah, Dr. Poison is more of a classic. But you end up yeah. like a, a calculus joining up. Even have, even like an Im- image maker duplicate. Image maker duplicate. Like a that cool could addition. be really clever and something about that. But it just devolves into what we thought it would and just nonsense. 
And then they kill her. I felt so bad for Sweetheart. She kills uh, herself. Well, kind of. But yeah, you end up then, and also, you know, Cisco, all these things are just goofy nonsense. I mean, you well, have- I'm saying the thing is, we have Etta show up and save, you know, Siegfried and Steve Trevor from Professor, po- uh, Professor from Dr. Poison. And it seems weird because, you know, while she's taking on Siegfried, Steve Trevor shows up with her own special concoction that she was going to use on, and he injects her in the neck with it. He's reanimating like, okay. this shit, right? Well, it's like such a weird idea because everybody's getting out of here, and Etta's like, look, you go. I'm just going to make sure she stays alive. Like, what are you going to do? You have no idea what was in that syringe that Steve just jumped, put in her neck as she then passed out. She's Dr. Poison. She's Dr. Poison. She's Dr. Poison. She's Dr. Poison. Diana, I must warn you. Dr. Psycho acting like a big behind. The situation is Let's stop them cause we're running out of time You might be But he's giving that milk to the men It's also I really think that it's a semen She's Dr. Poison. She's Dr. Poison. When you go off to Dr. Psycho's place and he's like, sweetheart, get in here. Give me my crystal ball and some milk and make it cold. I'm like, oh, it is Jim Warner. But uh, the idea that we have this whole thing, it's so weird because it feels so gratuitous. I have no idea who thought this was good. But to have this whole macho kind of aspect of Dr. Psycho and stuff like that and Wonder Woman, his opposition. <laughs> and when he throws this smoke in her face and it just looks like a money shot and, like, and, you're, and you hang on that shot for like a few panels, like who okayed this? Who okayed Especially it? Especially for like what everybody's insinuating online, what's inside and, the milk. And who came up with the idea that this is a strong moment for Wonder Woman? It almost feels like, okay, you're going to give me the money shot, then give me the damn money shot. I can take I'm it. I'm like, this feels degrading. This feels gratuitous and wrong. It, it actually just feels wrong. It just feels, and I know, again, they're playing this idea of Cisco, but at one point, Cisco even yells something that I've said all along. Oh, you and your toxic positivity. I think they think that they come up with that. Of that being a bad thing, but I think there is such a thing, and it kind of threw me in that. Everybody but, giving this tens, I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there's the toxic positivity of saying this is great, and if you don't like it, you're an asshole. There, there it is. But they're playing the idea of that's a bad thing and doesn't exist because Cisco's saying it. But even then, it's such a goofy premise. You have this milk that people are saying it's just sperm. It's just you know that. Right. And then you're playing this where even if it isn't, it looks like that. And you it feels like you are in the background saying, uh, we're going to fuck with Wonder Woman. We don't really like her. We're going to make her look like this. Like, hey, look at her. She's like a porn star. Oh, my God. It really is not a good look at all for what we have. And then it just kind of drips away. Cisco tries to punch her in the face. I don't even care. If she wasn't super powerful, it's that like he's never seen her before. Nothing. It's like, yeah. wow, your face is like concrete. I'm like, you guys have fought each other before. And even when you do have your big battle, whether you have your friggin', you know, crystal ball that amplifies your powers or not, 
when you start doing the mind zhuzhuzhuz at him and she's blocking your zhuzhuzhuz with her fucking brace, I'm like, are these actual physical things that are coming out of your forehead? What is she blocking right now? It's the stupidest damn battle. Go through of all the progressions of this. At one point, he had just his... walking around with your bracers, blocking people's bad yeah, thoughts at bad you. Bad thoughts. Take that. Take that. I am. I'm not short. That's what I do all the time. I, I don't stink. Yeah, you, you know what? You might be Doctor Psycho. Cisco, Doctor Psycho. There, he ended up in that weird like. I am an apparition in Valhalla and the Asgard. Like, that started off all wonky. That really never really played well, out. the idea and where you had the Duke of Deception that was brought in previously. Yeah, he's just gone now. He's just gone. And they say it. Those eyes, he, he went somewhere. He's, he's between his, Albuquerque and Hades. Who knows? He's licking his wounds. Really? Is he? Is he really? And so in that, too, where's the setup of this? You set up so much of... Hey there, we don't like the soy boys, my army of the milk guys. Let's drink the milk. Like, what, where are they? Like, why isn't it that they are kind of controlled or they show up? Are they because they just disappear as well? They were yeah, there we're for a that. little bit, but they this is the end. So you're just like, and this is shows at Conrad, Clunrad, all this nonsense. They suck. They're terrible. They don't know how to set up a story, progress it to get to an ending. Progress a story and then finish a story. Yeah. Don't know any of it. We did the same thing where people were going on and on. Oh, my God, the stuff in the sphere of the gods that got one. It started out okay. It fell apart. You ended up having Dead Man just be the MacGuffin of all MacGuffins to figure out everything for Wonder Woman. Didn't even know Dead Man's powers made him do ridiculous stuff that doesn't make any sense. Just had her walk through a portal to come back and then, you know, here I am. I'm back. This is nothing. This idea of this villainy ink and then to set it up to the point where, again, Siegfried's here. There's no reason for Siegfried to be in this book anymore. Well, just it was that they had too. one thing that they thought caught on and they had him continue. And now we throw Hera in. Well, to just imagine this? this the person who's behind Villainy Inc., they like knew that Dr. Psycho was going to freaking fail all along, but we still needed to push our milk sales for whatever reason, whatever's in the milk. But Hera is the one behind this. So, with that idea, whoever the, like the the management is that is working for Hera that get things done for Doctor Psycho, they brought the Duke of Deception, and that makes sense because he's an agent of freaking you know of a uh, of a uh, one of the gods. I can't remember which one it is. Freaking Ares, I believe. But the idea like that makes sense. But when you have Siegfried brought back from the dead and put in Shining Knight armor, brainwashed to be part of Villainy Inc. at the beginning of this, how does Hera accomplish this? This character from Valhalla Norse mythology. Yeah. I- I don't know. And then when you bring in Hera, who's the big bad of this whole thing, why would you make Hera the big bad at this point in time when Wonder Woman in this series just brought her back from the dead? She should be out there dealing with Hippolyta being a goddess now and the politics of that and how you deal with that pantheon. Because Hippolyta, while she might be okay from afar, she's also your uh, your husband's freaking baby mama. Yeah, yeah. So there's problems there. So you end up where, again, even just like, you know, Professor Calculus, he's there to be, oh, my God, I haven't heard from him in a while. Or most people a lot are they don't even know him. Oh, that's cool. I just look that's old. Oh, my God. Poison. Oh, my God. You know this. But nothing ever plays out. So at the end, when they're like, oh, the big bad hair, I'm like, go screw yourself. You're just going to muck it up. You're not going to do anything worthwhile. I hate to say it ahead of time, but pretty much your track record is shown. You don't know these characters. You don't know how to tell a story. You don't know what to do with Wonder Woman. You have no idea what to do with Wonder Woman and how she should be acting, especially coming back from the dead and all that. You really ended up. What this that was means. One, this was one of the worst decisions to have them on this book coming out of death metal where it was a big deal. She saved everyone to go and ascend, decided not to. And then they have mucked it up since they have gone and got their thumbprints in this bullshit throughout. And at the end, it's just a bunch of random 
kind of stories with Michael W. Conrad saying, oh, man, wait till you see who we throw in this one. It was only one appearance ever. And like, really? I cool. want a story, asshole. I want something that's going to end up elevating the character Wonder Woman, not having fun with Jizz Milk Cisco. That you end up caring more about that stuff and still mess it up. I don't need Siegfried there. It makes no sense. Steve, all this stuff makes no sense. And they, seem, not they seem to go. Yeah, he'll be back. You end up hearing whisper down the line. What? Checkmate. All right. Checkmate it is. All right. Oh, here we go. They don't know what's going on. They have no idea what is happening in other books. But to be fair, nobody else does either with Checkmate. But they even even just anything with Hera and stuff that tied in the sphere of the gods, the yeah. idea that the Phantom Zone is in. Well, the graveyard of the gods didn't make sense either the way they did it. I will mention, this is somebody that we had mentioned before at points. Chris Rosa is the associate editor on this. Every book that that guy is on ends up with the worst continuity and the stupidest Gundam stories. So I blame him just as much. We sit there about Kumra and whatever. I keep hearing that the editors are more in control of storytelling and actually have these guys scripting out their ideas. Whoever's involved, this is nonsense. And it ends after what, again, was a pretty long arc, it felt like, and you never did anything. So by the end, it's just like, well, took care of Cisco. Uh-oh, Hera, they're involved. We still have the milk being mentioned oh, coming gosh. out of this. Like, really? That's what we're dealing with? Jizz milk? I don't even know. Her I mean, sweetheart had to die. Yeah, and their sweetheart, which we knew all along that she was going to end up trying to help or save the day because, yeah, Cisco's so abusive. Cisco, that be- Cisco is a piece of crap. He was so abusive that even he became more of a joke of the joke that it is. And I don't think that they realized that, you know, he kind of always is a joke. They tried to elevate that and it just became ridiculous. And then him on the line, get me the management. <laughs> what is this book? Uh, the art's okay, even with a bunch yeah, of different it. artists. You have a bunch going on with like each scene or whatever, but I'm interested to see. Maybe Sweetheart not, never had a name, Jim. No, I know, and she even said, I don't have a name. And even then, give her I, a name. My I, name like, is, and then she shatters the crystal ball, stopping Cisco's power, and then all of a sudden she gets zh, zh, jump in front of you know the Wonder Woman's and then dies. She never had a name, Jim. No, she Hopefully didn't. she does come back, because honestly, the thing is, even though you have this shattered Wonder Woman mirror like like duplicate that was made up and died saving Wonder Woman, I want her to come back because she might be the actual heart of this story right now. And there might be something more to do <laughs> with this than we got to have here than her getting cold milk for Cisco. At one point I it looked like Steve Trevor was about to pick up her head like it was Medusa's and run around like a goofball. Hey, look at me, I'm Wonder Woman. Be sad. But even then at the end, like they're trying to gather their, you know, troops here and like, hey, How let's do you like get this there. part here, like there in the rubble. Looks like he's still alive. Should we, as you say, call it in? Ugh. The idea is they just found Cisco tied up when they're going through their like the rubble, the freaking rubble. He's he's literally like a foot away from him. Look over there <laughs> in the rubble. I'm like he is right next to you. You're you're staring at this like this sweetheart shattered face. You know that that's what's left of this like mirror duplicate. He is literally two feet next to her. The camera pans and they're three inches away. Uh, I like you, Ziggy. We shall call it in. Ha <laughs> ha! High five. And then you go, you continue. And that's where, again, this is classic clone rat, where you end up after the reveal of Hera and like, really? And then you go back to, hey there, Siegfried, you shine that too much. You're going to go blind there, buddy. Ooh. How does shining my, <laughs> my <Jism>. tool? <laughs> hey, you want some milk? You end up where, like, I don't Fuck know. Yeah, masturbation. <laughs> Splash in the face. 
Hey, boys, what's going on? Hey there, boys, look at me. And look, I'm turn. sorry, this, this, this whole secret identity of Wonder Woman is Diana Prince doing whatever she's doing, whether she goes back to secret agent for checkmate Diana Prince, I don't care. I like the idea. We haven't done enough in this. This, in my mind, and the heart with, like, you know, sweethearts over the top kind of like cliche is still okay. But this is the best part it's of the not, entire book, though, getting to this part. They have what shown is the best part, over though? and there's no best part. The, there's the a idea, best part. Though, yes, there is. You have her there and, like, hey, who wants to get a call from Diana Prince? I'm like, you don't know anything about any of these characters. So why do I think that you have any clue what any of that will mean? I guarantee she's just like, oh, here I am. And it just goes forward without anything. I mean, they don't end up showing that they know any history of what Wonder Woman did, didn't do. I think they saw a cover. They saw now again. I think that they do go back and read the things. I, either it doesn't retain in or they're like, well, we can't do that. But they always fuck it up. They always do. So this will just be, again, another surface level thing. Did you see what we did at the end? Look at that. It's Diana Prince. And That's then the they'll just part. go from there and we'll get nothing from it. So I will wait to see if it ever does anything with her bringing the coffee. And then they're just like, what are they going to do? Well, no, because no, now the coffee, get... that's done. That's it. No, I'm saying about the you end up having Hera and stuff like that. Is she just going to be secret agent to take down the milk corporation of villainy? Well, I don't know. Just, the idea know. that you have Siegfried, Etta Candy, and Steve Trevor pretty much being a part of Checkmate in their location undisclosed in Washington, D.C., and, you know, Wonder Woman shows up in, like, pseudo-agent like Diana Prince kind of outfit, I have to assume they're going to do Checkmate stuff going mm, forward. We'll see. We'll see how it is But next up, uh, Tooth and Claw, which makes me think either Red Claw is coming back or we're doing Cheetah stuff. Or both. They ended up, you know, both or whatnot. We'll see. We'll see if it I'm plays trying to think, out. I'm, I'm going to look this up because I, I thought Tooth and Claw might have been the name of the Batman animated series episode that she was in. Okay. That, well, that does seem like it would be a cheat. And, and now that you say it, I think that oh, maybe no, it's I the even had a, Never mind. a deal. But probably get Cheetah again. Classic villain. We'll see what they do with it. And and that's what you'll get. Instead of that, you'll get them tomb raiding to go find some artifact that Cheetah ends up wanting as well. There's that, Cartaga's tomb. That's my prediction. That's what it'll be. Because it does look a little Tomb Raider-esque as well. Hey there, boys. Who wants cream? But it with seems their like Diana's going to do some checkmate stuff going uh, forward uh, because uh. right now this seems to be all that checkmate is. Yeah, I would hope that by this point people have told them like checkmate really isn't much of a thing right now. Please stop. But we'll see. We'll see how it is. I'll look at the solicits when we're done. But what is your book of the week? Oh, what's your score for this? My score for this is because I like the art and I like the idea of going forward with a like you know Diana Prince kind of persona going forward. I want to give it a four point five out of ten. Yeah, I'm a four point five. I love the I love the concept. People are listening like. What is he giving? Ooh, he sounds like he's real positive. No, 4. I just said the 5. best part of the book was yeah, this part. No, I'm saying when you spelled it out that way, it's like, listen, I like the art and I like that idea. It's usually when we're like, yeah, no, the rest of the story is garbage, yeah, garbage and gratuitous with the freaking milk in the face. I don't Nonsense. have no idea what they're trying to do. They know what they're like, you know, they're spreading <laughs> on Twitter about what's inside the milk. So actually having this in there, I'm like, why would you do this to Wonder Woman? Mm. It, it it's almost, gross. Again, it almost feels like that idea of we're going to take it back to the streets and flip it against them. But Professor Calculus, Dr. Poison, you made jokes out of them and just Calculus going in here. is funny, though. I like that he was sus as a professor and he just and doesn't Hera. want that to get Stop. out. And then at the end, Hera, yeah, just nonsense. 4.5 as well for me. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Superman, Son of Kal-El. That is mine as well. So, yeah, we're, we're in agreement, Eric. We are agreeing like two bros. But we end up next week. We have a bunch of books. Two of these books will be picked for the Patreon Spotlight. And if you want to get involved... With that, you just go over to the Patreon, Eric. That's why it's called the Patreon Spotlight. You go to patreon.com slash weird science. Here is the list. We have a lot of books, maybe some bangers. We have another Tom King. You like Tom King's Riddler. 
in the killing time. You didn't did. quite love the story itself overall. No, Riddler was so the best part. We'll see if that continues because we have Batman One Bad Day, the Riddler number one. This is the first of those. I always we we said this before. I think of the idea of why do you have Tom King start the things? Because afterwards, if we don't like it, we think. Well, did he follow the rules or whatever? Because we never could quite tell. Well, but there's he's no st- rules. He's starting the one bad day deal that will continue. Batman, one bad one, day. Uh, one issue one. a month, it seems. Almost like an annuals type event deal that, you know, sometimes you've had. Batman Superman World's Finest Number 6, uh, the darling for most people at DC right the now in the book Dick that they like. Batman The Night Number 8, much to my chagrin. We'll get more of Anton slash Ghostmaker. We'll see what that's all about. Of course he He's part of the continuity, Jim. Well, I'm saying he kind of left. I thought that maybe you'd get to other things, but it seems like he comes back. He also Black Adam, number 3. Uh, so we'll see. We like the second issue more than the first. Actually, hopefully. no, this one, Black Adam goes to hell. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what's going on. He's like Freddy. That's, no, that's not. That's Jason goes to hell. Catwoman, 46. <laughs> and... It's kind of a shame because I think of Catwoman now and I'm like, man, I'm liking Catwoman. Oh, wait a minute. That was the backup in Batman that we really do like. But now that we've gotten away from the Harley Quinn stuff, it's gotten a little bit better, though. Yeah, we'll see. And maybe that'll start tying into what's going on in the backup. Maybe. Maybe Teeny Howard will play along. We have Dark Crisis Young Justice, number three, a book that we're not really digging that much. Hopefully things are explained a little we have mixel Mixel but i don't think he shows up until the fourth issue but we know that the way we ended this one that the young justice trio that we have are going to take on deathstroke lex Luthor, and captain boomerang yeah yeah i forgot about that that big baby captain boomerang that made me giggle we also have dc versus vampires all out war number two all out war on action gotta get that jean paul valley yeah we'll see how that is we'll see who survives jean paul valley the last one alive yeah yeah so we'll have the thing going on in the uh nightlight it was going on r.i.p nightlight yeah also have harley quinn number 20 it is a weekly book eric so we'll see what happens on the cover of that one it says in space no one can see you die and i don't think that's true yeah i don't think that's true either Nightwing number 95, what I think we're heading to a engagement, maybe a wedding. Who knows? Well, they Tell already me got married, Jim. Married. I know. I know. Death that metal. They know it, but they don't seem to know that. I didn't like it. And the Flash 785 tying in the Dark Crisis, and that's been pretty the good. And Barry Allen. As a side note in the rankings, if you can trust them or whatnot nowadays with how the sales rankings come out, it does look like the tie-in with Dark Crisis is elevated. The Flash, which is good. That book deserves to have a couple more people reading it, so that's pretty cool. But well, Hopefully we'll get to see some Jay Garrick in that, because everybody went to the multiverse looking for uh, Barry Allen, but nobody realized, hey, what happened to Jay Garrick? Because he disappeared and no one's seen him since. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll find out, Eric. So with all that stuff, yeah, that seems like a, a pretty cool week, so we'll see. How you got Jay goes. and Irie in the Batman Flash universe. You got freaking Max Mercury and Jesse Quick in the Mad Max Flash universe. And you got Wally and Wallace in the freaking actual dream universe of Barry Allen. But what happened to Jay Carrick? He's just an old man. What's going on with him? But we'll see. We'll see how those books are. Hopefully a little more. I thought that this week was a little down. But you have that now and again. So we'll end up, you know, probably rebounding. At least there's some books that are usually pretty solid. So we'll end up doing that. At least my book of the week was a seven. If it was lower than that, then I'd be depressed. Yeah, we did both have the seven for the Superman, a son of kal So that was pretty cool. So we'll see. I think that we'll end up liking a couple more books next week with looking through the roster of those. So with all that, yeah, everybody go to our Twitter. 
at Weird Science DC. Follow us, we'll follow you back, and you get to see what we're up to, and we'd like to see what you're up to as well. I'm a stalker, just like Dr. Stop. Calculus, Professor Calculus. Uh, and then with that also, go to the show notes and you can end up seeing all our links. We have a, a campsite bio, but that includes our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience that we already talked about. The whole idea of the weekly spotlight, but a lot of other shows as well mixed into there and a lot of other podcasts that we get involved with. But that's about it, Eric. Uh, I had a good time talking to you. Thank you once again for joining okay. me. I really appreciate it. Maybe one day you. I will. I really appreciate I'm just trying to get you to <laughs> reciprocate this. It'll no. never happen. Oh, no. my ex. You're too needy. You wolf man. Hey, get what this is. That's a space Harley. I'll stick with my space hog. Space Harley. I thought that was kind of clever when I thought of yeah. that. I guess you didn't like it as much there. Space Harley. <laughs> what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. We keep it weird. weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.